Manchester said, you're going to stay, you will know that Tottenham are shit. Tottenham Hotspur are shit. Hello and welcome to an episode of Arsenal Fan Circle. This is not Ray. Ray's on holiday for two weeks, so for some bizarre reason, he's only giving me all of the power. And like Thanos, <laughs> every inch of it. <laughs> now, before we get started, I think the best thing that we are going to do, we've got a couple more guests that are going to be arriving a bit later, but I'm just going to introduce our panel that we have here this evening. Now, first up is a man who's on so many podcasts, he's now tied with Pornhub for the most appearances on my TV in a week. <laughs> Gary, don't waste the tweet. How are you, Gary? Hello, I'm doing good. I'm doing good, but yeah, I don't, no, that, that's not me. <laughs> You are, mate. You're on my TV all the time. How's everything going? Everything's right? going good. Everything's going good. Yeah, looking forward to uh, this weekend's game. So yes, it's a, it's a, it's a, it might be the last time we get a win, right? Because <laughs> we got exactly. a really tough schedule coming up after that. So I want to, I want to enjoy this one. So <laughs> fantastic. Now, yeah. next up, we have a very old friend of mine, but that's not why he's here. He's here because I believe he still owes me twenty quid. And I aim to get every single penny of that. He's the head honcho over at Dull Square to wear. And he's also the owner of the Paint and Tint Mesut Island Disc segment, which is fantastic. Andrew the Hinkley Gunner. Hello, you? mate. I'm very well, thank you. Does that, does that mean that Gary's constantly on your telly because you watch the videos of him on Pornhub as well? or um... That would be telling. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Just wanted to telling. check. Just wanted to double check, mate. But uh, I don't yeah, have him on split screen, but I, don't, I do not have him on a split screen. <laughs> but I mean, I still continuously debate the fact I owe you twenty quid. But um, I'll try and keep that going until uh, eventually I have to pay you. But thanks for having me on, anyway. Welcome, mate. Good to talk to you again. Now, last but by no means least, until our other two people arrive, if Burkamp, if a Burkamp Wonderland podcast was a secret terrorist organisation like James Bond Spectre, this man would have to be Blofeld, basically sitting there stroking his pussy. Danny, the GFP. Welcome, mate. How Hello, Stan. You? Hello, everyone. I'm good, thanks. How are you? What have you been up to? Anything to report? I woke up at four today, and I told my Amazon device to wake me up at half four, and then went back to sleep until half five. And then I sat there, and I looked at my cat, and went, oh, we better get up. So I got two of the cats off the bed, I came in here and I ordered fake Five Guys, and I had that, that for lunch for dinner. Oh, it's a place in Huntingdon. It's called Burger and More. They're just like fake Five Guys, but not as good. And it arrived and it wasn't warm. First time I've ever used Deliveroo or any of those apps. I wasn't overly pleased. Okay. Well, that has been my day. Okay. Well, look, I'm glad to have you all here. Now, I don't think there's much point picking the bones out of the Leicester game because this channel's already done that on the last Sunday show. So what I decided to do for this evening, I had a little dig around in the Arsenal fan circle mailbag. Yes, we do have a mailbag. And I've just randomly um, picked out a few topics for us to kind of um, to chew. Now, I've got banners, but I'm not sure how you get them on the screen. 
just click on the uh, banner you want to put on there. Yeah. Make it uh, click the little button enter. that goes ticker as well, and it runs across the bottom. You have to ho hover over it, and it will click show. We're getting there. There we go. Oh, that's the wrong one. <laughs> Not yet. That's too long. Why don't you give us a topic? We I've can chat about it, and then right, you can spend so about the next 20 minutes sort of trying to work it out. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so the first topic that we're going to take a, a little look at is the managerial merry-go-round merry that continues at Tottenham. And this was a topic that was sent in by Phil McCrevis. And Phil <laughs> is... You made that one up, surely. I don't see, I don't see the joke there at all. He's, he's writing in from Des Moines, Iowa. And he <laughs> says that, you know, Spurs fire Nuno after only three months. What was your initial reaction when you heard? And how do you feel about their appointment of, of Antonio Conte? Do you think Conte will be a good fit? What does this mean to, for Arsenal? So to kick off, Gary, when you heard about the um, appointment of Antonio, or first of all, when you heard that Nuno had got the sack and yet again, Tottenham had got rid of the manager, what was your initial thoughts? Well, there you go. It's just the Spursy. Yeah. It's like we got Tony in the, in, the, in the background if you want to let him join. But uh, hello, everyone in the chat. But when I first heard of Nuno getting fired after, what, 10? Was it 10 matches or 17 matches, whatever the number? It's like the Spurs for you. Uh, they didn't actually realize what they were doing when they hired him. Who's their what tenth choice, ninth choice manager? And uh, they just, yeah, it's the Spurs. It's the Spurs for you. Um, they brought in a manager with players who didn't want to play for for him. One probably for Spurs anymore. And uh, it was you just saw it on the you saw it in the game. And. Uh, the fact that they got Conte after that is a good sign, but I think he, I think he got a little bit of a scare. I mean, I don't know if you guys saw the match today, uh, but they went up what three nil in like the first like forty minutes, and then proceeded to almost lose, you know, <laughs> get it drawn back up again. But uh, luckily for them, two red well they got a red card. The other team got two red cards basically, and that sealed the deal for the match. So uh, I think uh, Conte's in for a long journey if this is the way it's going to start if game one goes like this in his uh spurs career so yeah i'm just i, I like I, I told some of the guys i just want to watch the spurs because i enjoy the entertainment you know we talk about entertainment watching watching them lose is fun for me it puts a smile on my face so that's what I, <laughs> that's what i did today you guys ask gary why he's watching europa conference league for let just uh let me just introduce the the person that's just arrived uh, a little bit late now, this person that's just come in, he was once told by his PE teacher that he would never make it in sports because he's, he's got two left feet. However, he was also voted by his classmates to be most likely to appear on Dancing with the Stars. Turns out they were both wrong. Ladies in Germany, ladies in Germany, ladies in Germany, <laughs> Tony Turner. How you doing, Tony? What's, what's happening? Yeah, kind of fighting the cold off other than that, I'm better than I was earlier today. So let me throw it out to you as you've just come in. What was your reaction when you saw that uh, Tottenham had yet again got rid of another manager, this time after only three months? Yeah, wasn't surprising. 
They started great under him. Their first game, they executed a perfect plan against City. I thought he might have had the players in sync with him, but after that, they seem to not have faith in him or the club. Or Like Gary said, I think it's more of a club than the manager, probably. Because I kind of – I like Nuno, personally. Yeah, I mean – he wasn't their first choice, was he? I mean, I think my yeah. man got a phone call for the Tottenham job before before Nuno did. I mean, he must he was well down there on the list. Why did you turn it down? Yeah, well, <laughs> they weren't going to give her what she wanted for the transfer window. You know, she's quite particular. Andrew, <laughs> what did you yes. think about the appointment of um, Antonio Conte when you saw that was in the wind? I was delighted because um, I'm just going to get the popcorn, get put my feet up and see it burn in front of my eyes over the next few months. I mean, there's bound to be an uplifting form over the short term. But when you read on the BBC um, gossip today, um, that it was reported that um, he's given them, he's given Daniel Levy a shopping list of £237 million worth of players that he wants. Um, uh, six, well, I think six or seven players he wants from from Italy, um, it just makes you laugh, doesn't it? Because he's not going to get it. <laughs> it's going to be very funny when he realises that um, all they're going to get in January is um, prob- probably just a, you know, victimises. Yeah, someone on load or something like that. And it's, you know, he might even walk out on January the thirty first. You never know. But um, it's going to be fun to watch. Undoubtedly, he's a great manager, but he needs the money to spend. He's one of those managers and he's not going to get the money at Spurs. So they they mix, Antonio Conte and Spurs mix like oil and water, I think. So it's going to be fun to watch. Um, it's you not the that, right manager for the right club. You say that you, he's, you, he's not going to get the money that he wants, but do you not think that obviously when they're having a conversation before he accepts the job that they would have had some kind of a conversation about what the expectations are. Yeah, same as he, same as Levy had with Mourinho. Yeah, I'm sure he did. Um, but it doesn't mean that he's going to get it, does it? I mean, they've got a 900 million pound stadium to to pay for. Um, they missed out on 150, 140 million quid for Harry Kane that he very wisely turned down. <clears throat> and um, he's probably worth. In, on current form, he's probably worth about thirty million at the moment. He just does not want to be there, um, and it's funny to watch. I mean, literally, does not want to be there. He, he's hiding on the pitch. He never goes in the box anymore. Um, so, and they need that. Last um, Premier League um, weekend, they fielded the oldest Premier League team, the starting eleven in the Premier League this season. Uh, their whole squad needs work really needs work and if I mean giving him an 18 month contract is that going to happen within 18 months I mean yes there's a a possibility of extending that but he's not going to want it to be extended uh, when it comes to sort of midway through um, next season um, or this season even towards you know uh, before the end of this season when he realizes what he's taken on here Um, I mean he left in summer land after winning the league because they threatened to sell his, his some of his best players. He just walked out. So uh, I can only see it unravelling, and fairly quickly, to be perfectly honest. I'm not worried. 
uh, yes, they like I said, yes, I fully expect them to sort of have slightly better results over the coming weeks, but it ain't going to last. It's not sustainable with him at the helm. Um, he's at the wrong club, and it's a bad choice for him because he's, his reputation is not going to go up after managing Spurs. So, yeah, I, I'm really not worried about it personally. You make some good points there. Danny, pick up there on what uh, Andrew just said. What do you think uh, can be achieved in, in 18 months? Relegation, hopefully. <laughs> and a fire sale of all the, the pensioners that they got left. I didn't know that stat <laughs> about the oldest team, but they haven't they haven't really bought many uh, quality players in recent years, have they? Because they, they're just relying on the pensioner in goal. I mean, he still managed to win the World Cup, but can't win anything with Spurs. So it is, it is a bit odd, but... It's the the eighteen month contract. Why, if you Conti isn't a fat Sam, he's not a um, well. I would say David Moyes, but he's he's actually got a full time job at the moment. Or Steve Bruce, or or Mark Hughes, one of those managers that you call in at short notice just to come and, and put out some fires, like the, like the Watford manager at the moment. He's he's a, a, a manager that you bring in and that you want to build an empire around of maybe five, six, seven seasons, as long as as long as your Chinese owners don't go bankrupt and sell their main club and shut down their main club in China, which is what happened in the Milan. But for them to uh, only have an 18-month contract, you're thinking, oh, first of all, I bet he was thinking, God, if I'd have waited a week, I could have had the Man United job. Because if they lose this weekend, that's going to be available. Uh, are they playing Man City this weekend? I think they are. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I when they get smashed by Man City, which which is hopefully going to happen. But it's, it, is, it is weird that I've... Uh, it's almost like it's a short-term thing, or or they're hedging their bets that they might want to sack him after they take some uh, after what seven ten more league games and they end up with nothing. Because until you sort out the Harry Kane situation, no manager is going to be able to do anything. He played tonight against um, was it Vitesse Arnhem? I think they played, and they were two 0 yeah. up. Ended up getting their centre back sent off after about an hour. Ended up three two. Harry Kane didn't score. Son scored, who is probably their best player, most reliable player. Was Conte in charge for that game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's officially okay. gone down as his first game. So, yeah, until you sort out the um, Harry Kane, but I suppose what sums up Spurs at the moment is Deli Ali. What does he do now? You look at his match stats; everything is zero percent. And Deli Ali is is the the the, um, the embodiment of everything that is Spurs. Used to be quite good a couple of seasons ago for five minutes, and now he's rubbish. And Conti don't know why he took this job. Must have been a whole lot of money. Twenty million. <laughs> was that for the 18 months or yeah, season? Yeah. Wow. And they've all, they've already paid out 34 million in uh, in you know managers to go um during 2021 as well. So it's not like they've got much to live up to. I mean, I counted they've had 10 managers since Juan de Ramos won the League Cup in 2008. So they're not you haven't really got any much of a high bar to aim for, have you? I mean, just win the League Cup or win the Man City Cup as it's now was known. So there's a mm. uh, yeah, you ain't got really much to aim for. I mean, they've been been so high, and with that stadium, they've they've got to go bankrupt sooner or later, haven't they? Well, the, the quickest, yeah, this, the quickest well, I'm just going to bring in um, quickest fourteen believe... million you could, you could ever see Nuno in three months. Fourteen million, mad. I just want to I just want to bring it, lads. I just want to bring on our last guest, who's uh, backstage. Now, this next person needs no introduction, so he's not bloody getting one. <laughs> 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 one off, one off of the Claude and the Banster channel. It's Terry Davis, and that, ladies and gentlemen, completes our panel for this evening. 
<laughs> Sound effects. <laughs> Give it up. All right, Terry, how you doing? Yeah, I'm really good, thanks. Um, thanks for inviting me on, Stan. As you know, um, a lot of people might not know that me and you go back quite a long way on uh, this YouTube business lark. And uh, yeah, it's do. normally it's normally me asking you to come on my show and you turn to me, Dan, saying that you've got a red carpet that evening. So I'm really honoured that you've uh, invited me on, Stan. <laughs> so listen, Tell, we were just talking a little bit about the appointment of Antonio Conte over at Arsenal. What does it mean for us, if anything? Talking a little bit about the 18-month contract that he's got. What's your initial thoughts when you saw, one, that Tottenham had got rid of their manager yet again after only three months, but two, the appointment of a manager where quite a large section of our fan base you know, were sort of like pleading with to come in after, the, after what happened with Unai Emery. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, listen, um, obviously, um, Nuno going to Tottenham, I didn't think really that was a great signing. I mean, for us as Arsenal fans, I think that was a great signing as a manager for Wolves. Um, like you said, um, the other half of uh, Claude Lebanza's Diesel, he, he wanted him uh, to come to Arsenal and, and would have got rid of Arteta. So, uh, I don't know what he was thinking there. But listen, Conte is a, you know, a fantastic manager. He's got great experience. He's won trophies everywhere he's gone. But where he's gone at the moment, let's be honest, he's gone to Tottenham, who haven't won anything for for years and years. I, I've been hearing all the same. I was hearing all the same things um, when Maureen Mourinho went to Tottenham. You know, Levy come out and said that they signed the best manager in the world. Um, and obviously, you had Diesel and God rest his soul. Uh, Claude was all saying that. You know, Tottenham were going to start winning things now. And I said that he wouldn't win things at Tottenham. And I think it's going to be the same thing with Conte, to be honest. At the moment, I think, you know, they, they, they're, they're, they're like Arsenal was two years ago, if you know what I mean. They, they need to rebuild their team completely from the bottom up. You know, they've probably got two or three players there. in Kane and Son, you know, Allberg, you could say. But apart from that, really, who else have they got? So he's got to go there, and he's he's, he's got an aging team and a team of average players. Yeah. So by the sounds of it, it doesn't sound really that anybody is uh, is that is that bothered really about the appointment of Conte. By the sounds of it, even though it was someone that a lot of people wanted, it sounds like everybody don't don't really give that much of a monkey's about it. No. Uh, I said, uh, you know, I'm, uh, at the moment, I'm really not worried about Conte going to Tottenham. Um, obviously, they've got, you know, half, basically just over half of a season to go. They've got January winter coming up, and I, I just, I just don't think they've got a, a very good team at the moment. I think they need to rebuild. They need six or seven players in that starting eleven um, to even get them anywhere up that, you know, top of the tape, like the top four or top six, and then pushing on. Next year, they all need to set a win. Well, we lost Terry. Terry, are you there? That Conte only wanted eight. Yeah, sorry, mate. Did you go for a tunnel? Say it again, mate. Did you go for a tunnel there? We lost you. Yeah, yeah, sorry. I must be just going for a bloody... The, 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 the forest at the moment. So, yeah, but no, I'm just saying, you know what I mean? At the moment, I just think they're, they're, 
they need to rebuild. And, uh, you know, I'm not that worried about Tottenham at the moment. There's bigger and harder teams out there that we need to worry about getting into that top four. Okay. All right. Well, let's move on to the next topic then. The next topic is... Stan, can I just say, uh, Tony's put a message in the chat to say that he's, he's, he's in the green room. So I don't know whether he, he's showing there. There he is. Welcome there you go. I rescued you, Tony. I rescued you. It's all right. No worries. You're welcome. <laughs> I was a little bit... Um, Next topic. Um, we have a style play. Our next topic uh, was sent in to us from a Willy Lickerbush in Scranton, Pennsylvania. <laughs> um, don't, don't see what's so funny. Bro. I don't think I want to answer that. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I want to touch that. Willy would I like to. A, I, saw a good I think I just want to raise aliases. I saw a good question earlier from Amanda Huggenkiss as well. That was the, quite a good one. Yeah, she's in the put that one in the list. Actually. Okay, that's good. I think there's Mike. He's Mike Hunt was out there as well. I can't get these bloody banners up. I'm not going to bother. What's that anyway. background noise? What's that? It's like there's um, What's a, strong, a strong wind blowing in the background somewhere. Wind chimes. So our style of play, right? How do you feel about our style of play this season under Mikel Artao? Now that we're about, what, 10 games in, can you see an identity of the style of play yet and a personality of how Arsenal plays football. Kick us off with that one, Danny. Yes. It's a simple answer. Do you want more? Yes, please. Yeah. We've got to four hours. <laughs> well, I, I think he's he starts to change the formation depending on who he's playing against, as we've seen again in the, the run of the last few games. But there are definitely things that he wants players to do. Um, I think having Tivage down the left-hand side is, is really good because before, when we had Tyranny down the left-hand side, it just run all the way down, cross to no one with your left foot, and, that, and that's it. But much like with Pepe playing on the right and Saka playing on the right, they've got a, they play on the opposite um, side to their foot. So when Tavares is running down that left, he can either do it on his left or cut in and do it on his right. And then same with Tommy Ashu, he's not quite as good or not quite as fast as Tavares, but he's still got the ability to go down there and do that. So you know that he still wants the attacking fullbacks. And then when Ben White gets the ball, Ben White comes out of defence with it, much like Sol Campbell used to do. He would want to carry it out while Keown or Adams would stay in defence. And Gabriel is the one that if you get past um, if you get past Party and you get past Smith, not Smith, White, then Gabriel's going to hurt you, which is much like Tony Adams in, in, in the time before. And uh, everything is looking solid at the back. It is the best looking defence that we have seen in, I don't know, best part of a decade. And we saw how good our defence is in the in the um, the Leeds League Cup game when we realised, oh shit, this is why we've been so bad for years. These are all of our shit players that we're going to try and sell to Newcastle, apart from Ben White and uh, and 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 ESR. So none of the, you look at those and you think, oh wow, we were well, these are just terrible players. They're so average. And then when it comes to the attacking thing, I think it's going to be depending on who we're playing against and whether it's going to be a bum young up front with Lacazette dropping deep. But we saw in the last game a bum young also dropping deep. And I thought the last time we saw someone who can score you loads of goals dropping deep and getting the ball was Sanchez. And Sanchez is the best player we've had in our Premier League era at the Emirates. 
uh, Emirates era, not Premier League era. Doesn't apply. It's only been Premier League. And then you see that there's going to have Saka and Smith Rowe and uh, whoever else plays with them, maybe Odegaard. All three of them are interchangeable. They can all swap sides. That's another thing that I love, I love to see from them. And I love the other thing that he's he, the reason why we see now why he bought Tommy Ashu because on for, for Scotland Tierney plays centre back of a three. So when someone on the right attacks, they all move across and make a three. He couldn't do that with Bellerin, and he, I don't think he could do that with Chambers. So when Tierney runs down that left-hand side or Tavaj runs down that left-hand side, Tommy Ashu slips into a back three as a centre-back, like that's what he was doing at um, the team who I was called Torino or Verona, and then I realised it was someone else. Bologna? Bologna, yeah. Bologna. I don't know why I'm getting all three of those mixed up. So you can definitely see a style of play with the players that he wants to do certain roles. And I don't hold out much hope for anybody who isn't in his best 11 getting a chance because they're all his players and and that's what he's going to stick with. So I think all we're going to see is players coming in similar to what we've already got, not being able to use... Maybe holding might be able to come into that back. But for, for poor old um, Chambers and Mari, they look, they look dead, dead to him, which is a shame. So there's no one on the outskirts that you feel is knocking on the door that may be somehow get no. in. I'm, I'm there's no answer, even 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 something like Leno. Leno hasn't got a chance, which is uh, oh. to to take the first team slot off of him after three games. And I looked the other night. It, Leno took the first team stand, stand place off of Czech after six and a half games because they swapped at half time for one game, and then Leno never um, then Czech never got another look in. So. If nothing else, Mikel is ruthless. If he wants you and he likes you, you're playing. And then yeah. other than that, you're dead to him. So, there, yeah. Okay. Andrew, is there anything that, looking at our style of play that you think is missing that you'd like to see added? Perhaps a position uh, coming up in the transfer windows? Well, yeah, we all know that we need reinforcements in midfield and um, probably not in the winter window, but next summer we'll, we'll clearly need another striker of note. But regarding the uh, overall style of play, I think the biggest thing that we've done is push uh, Partey and Laconga into midfield, <clears throat> proper midfield, not a defensive midfield. We can see the best of Thomas Partey and Laconga when they're not playing right in front of the back four. Because they're not defensive midfielders. And neither is Granit Xhaka, by the way. We don't actually have a defensive midfielder in the squad, full stop. So well, when you have... Zambi would be the closest. Yeah, well, I wouldn't class Elinny as, as an actual defensive midfielder either, to be honest with you. I mean, he's probably the closest, yeah. But he's not a starter. So hmm. uh, when you haven't got defensive midfielders to play like a proper 4-2-3-1, because when you play that sort of system, they, they do literally sit right in front of the back four and they're supposed to be sort of uh, deep-lying playmakers. But Partey and Laconga are box-to-box midfielders. That You can see that a million miles away and Partey always has been. And when you're actually pushing them forward um, to actually play that role properly, it means that also the, mid, the defenders can push up that, bit further as well, an extra 20 yards up up mid, up mid the pitch. Excuse me. <clears throat> Apologies. So it, that completely transforms the way that we play because then the uh, it's almost like the defenders can actually defend then to just spend their time defending. The midfielders can actually play their game and then the forwards have got more freedom up front as well because 
we're not, we haven't got that midfielder dropping into the back back four like Granite Xhaka used to do. We and and we haven't had to have Lacazette dropping as deep as he was doing before as well. He just dropped into that little pocket between the midfield and and strikers at best. But mainly, he's in the box a lot more often nowadays as well in the way that we're playing. So I think it, that's the way we've been transformed by uh, this new formation of whether you want to call it a four-four-two. We're all just moved that a bit further up the pitch, and the midfielders are doing what they're actually best at, and that's really transformed the way that we play. So um, I'm really happy with the way that we're playing at the moment, but we are going to get scouted, and we can't play it all the time. We can't just stick with this for the rest of the season because teams will work out what they need to do against us. So we do need to mix it up a little bit from from time to time. Yeah, we do need to have that bit of variation, and and we will do that, I'm sure. Um, But at the moment, it's working brilliantly, and I actually enjoy watching Arsenal again because um, for a long time it, w- it was dull. It was really boring. Um, but now it's not. It's anything but boring. I'm, I'm really enjoying the way that we're playing. And I think the fact that we've got Smithrow on the left and Saka on the right now, and that is working out to be their best positions at the moment without, without a shadow of a doubt. The one I feel a bit sorry for is Erdegaard because in this kind of formation, the way that we're playing, there's no real place for him in the team. But as I, as I mentioned, because we will have to um, have a variation on style from time to time to stop us being so predictable, then there will be a role for him. And I think he did change the game when he came on against Leicester um, in that last half hour. He really helped swing the pendulum back in our direction after a a period of big sustained pressure for Leicester. Uh, so when he came on, he played really well, I think. Um, but at the moment, um, we are best using him as a sub. And I think we need to get into our heads. And I think um, Clive's a big one for this, you know, on the on the Arsenal Vision podcast, and not worrying too much about um, the starting lineup when it comes out an hour before kickoff all the time, because it is a much more of a squad... Uh, game nowadays and you do need players to come on and finish the game for you as well so they are all going to have a part to play uh, a lot of the players and I think especially come January when the African Cup of Nations kicks off we're going to use a lot more players then I think Martinelli players like Martinelli are going to have to really grasp hold of that chance with both hands um, and really stake a claim long term for their position um, during that period of time especially Um, Pepe as well and um, I think Pepe is, during his time at Arsenal, he's always been, you know, come come good in the second half of the season. You know, especially last season as well. He was immense um, in the running during last season. And he seems to find his feet after Christmas and uh, become much more of a, a powerful player for us. So hopefully that will happen again this year um, in the push to sort of get further up the, up the, uh, the league table. And hopefully in the cup competitions as well. So I'm really happy with the style of play at the moment. And I just hope that we can come up with um, some really sustainable options for further further down the line as well. So we don't, like I said, we don't get too predictable in the next couple, next few games because we're going to have to probably mix it up again when we get back after the international break against Liverpool because that's obviously a big one. Um, but we've had some luck with them in the, the last couple of years under Arteta. Yeah. We've beaten yeah. them a couple of times. So we can't go up there thinking, well, this is right off that game um, and we'll get back on it again after that. We can't have that mentality anymore. 
Um, so we need to go up there with a the belief, a firm belief that we can get something out of it, however likely that is. You know, we'll all have our opinions about that. It's, uh, it's, it's very unlikely because they're one of the best teams in Europe. But um, we can't have that mentality anymore. We've got to go up there thinking we're going to get something out of that game. And you never know. You never know what's... I mean, Brighton got a draw after being 2-0 down last weekend, didn't they? So if they can do it, then there's no reason we can't. So, but we might have to mix it up and so and play a different way. But we'll have to wait and see on that one. Um, no doubt, Kieran Tierney will come back from the international break, buggered again, and slightly broken. So, um, have to wait and see. See who we've got available after that. Yeah, at least it's nice to know that we do have cover for that left back position. That mm. looks like um, he's going to be able to contribute when he comes when he gets his oh, chances. Yeah. That's really pleasing. Terry, are you with us, Tell? Yeah, go on, mate. Our style of play this season, what, what, what do you like about it? What's uh, what's beginning to appeal to your eye as you watch the games unfolding? Do you know what it is for me, Stan? And you will know as well as anyone what I've been saying for the last two years uh, with Arteta as our manager. Is that, you know, he, I think he wanted, to be, he wanted to play this style all the time. But unfortunately, he hasn't had the players or his players to be able to do that. So he's had to adapt quite a lot of times to um, because the players were just not good enough to do it. And it's no coincidence that since, obviously, the transfer window, um, and then we've got the players in that he wanted, but Edu got ridiculed for, and so did Arteta. And, you know, a lot of people, as you know, you've been on uh, Crawled in the Banson channel, channel was... Uh, you know, going at me saying that the players that they bought, they're all second-rate players. They're, they're, they're not going to get in the first team and all this rubbish and all that. You know what I mean? Now he's got these players in. He's got the confidence of his players. He can mould his players the, the way that he wants to play. And like I just said, it's no coincidence that we've seen that over the last sort of nine games. Yes, we've had a couple of games like Palace and, and Brighton where... You know, we've not been at the, the races and we've been second best, but we've come out with a draw. But then on the other scale, we've had the games like Tottenham and Aston Villa and Leicester recently, where we've annihilated them in the first half and really gone to them and won the game in the, in the first half sort of thing. So I, I'm not, I'm not as, as you know, Stan, I'm not shocked that this is this is happening. Um I think the star will play. Uh, and out from the back, you, you can see he's tried to do that since he's come here, Arteta. But like I said, we just haven't had the players to be able to do that. And Shaka, you know what I mean? If you look at the way Shaka plays when we play the ball out from the keeper, he loses the ball quite often. But with Partey there, he's been absolutely magnificent for us. And Gabriel coming back from injury has been absolutely immense. And we've, we've got to big it up the biggest transfer of this of of the season, I think, at the moment, and that is Aaron Ramsdale. You know what I mean? At the moment, you know, that kid, let's be honest, got absolutely ridiculed from our own fan base before we even signed the contracts at Arsenal, and he's been nothing but brilliant for us. And I'll tell you what, he's slowly, be, well, not slowly, he's definitely becoming one of my favourite players at Arsenal because, I mean, it's, it's just fantastic. The saves he's pulling off, the camaraderie, he commands, he, 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 and he just commands, he demands his players to be where he wants them to be and why they've, you know, come in. 
And I think he's been absolutely immense for us, Ramsdale. And, you know, Tavares coming in, coming in, I think he's been brilliant on the left. I kept getting told that, yeah, he's good going forward, but he can't defend. But let's be honest, since Tieni's been out, we, we haven't missed missed Tieni at the moment. Um, Tokiazu coming in on the right back, absolute brilliant. Um, he, you know, the last couple of games, I think he's um, the, the, the pace of the premiership is catching up on him. And obviously, you know, that, that's going to happen. He's only just come into the seat, like, you know, the premiership. And don't forget, this is what I've been saying from the start, Stan. You know, this is only, what is it, nine games I think we're unbeaten there. This is only nine games that this team has been playing with each other for. Nine games. Not like your Chelsea's, your Man City's, your Liverpool's, where they've got the foundations there already and they only have to go out and buy one or two players to fit in with their team. This is basically a brand new team. Yes, we've got Smith Rowe and Saka that's been there for a, a long time and Arteta and Lacazette, uh, sorry, uh, Aboumian Lacazette and that. But, you know, we didn't get here for the best part of last season. Same as party, they was injured. So them two were like brand new signings as well as all of our other new signings this season. And I just think that the gameplay going forward is 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 going to take us quite far on this season, Stan. Can I just say one thing to add on to that? Sorry to... Just one quick thing. And it's, it's for everyone to answer, really. When was the last time you saw a team make six signings in a summer transfer window and for them all to come straight into the starting lineup from yep. day one, pretty much, and make such an, such an impact on that team? Every single one of them. Every single yep. one of them, you can say, has been an absolute hit. Yeah, when's when's that ever happened in the history history of football? When a team is virtually, I mean, we've got a virtually brand new backline, you know, in fully. I mean, even Gabriel's only been there a year. Yeah, but all the other four places a bit are brand new. We've got a brand yeah. new sort of midfield partnership. I mean, Smith Rowe, you say, has been here ages, but he's not even made fifty appearances for Arsenal yet. In the no, no, yeah, yeah. So he's still brand new. I mean, but all all six summer signings have been a hit, and they've all made a massive impression already on the side in, like you said, Terry, nine games. And that's it. That's quite incredible and quite unprecedented, I think. I totally agree with you. I totally agree with what you said. And like I said um, before, you know, I got ridiculed, Stan, I tell you, saying, that, you know, I mean, Ramsdale, we, you know, he's relegated three teams. Why on earth are we paying 30 million for him? Lakonga, He's just coming in to sit on the bench, basically. He's not going to make the first team. Tavares, you know, all, all the team there he come from, all the fans were saying that he can't defend. He's good going forward, but he can't defend. Tommy Yazoo, I mean, you know, the Sky Sports presenters on Sky Sports News were taking the piss out of him, saying, you know what I mean, who is this person? We've not even heard of him. Do you know what I mean? He was supposed to be going to Tottenham and now he's come to Arsenal. And then, obviously, we know a little bit about Odegaard. Do you know what I mean? He's still got a settle win, I think, this season into the, the new style and the new system that Arteta wants to play but as you just said you know I mean players coming in nine games and I remember distinctively I don't know if you remember Stan but Diesel himself after the, after them three losses after them three losses obviously a lot of Arteta um, fans got their end you know what I mean went on the rampage and was going for Arteta and Arsenal themselves and that is when Arteta come out in his interview and said, I'm excited. I'm excited going forward now. It was exactly after them three games. And that was because, obviously, we've gone out, 
We've done our business. We've got them six players in. And like, is it Andrew, sorry, above me? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And like you just said, them six players have come straight in for them nine games, which is unprecedented, like you said, and absolutely fitted in like a glove. When was You're right. When was the last time that's ever happened? No, no, five of them started against Leicester and the other one came on with half an hour to go as well. So uh, it's unbelievable that they're all starting every pretty much every game now and they're all performing brilliantly. And yeah. uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely delighted with that. I mean, I was the same with Ramsdale right away from the start when we were linked with him. I was happy uh, because yeah. people think that, I mean, it was disgusting the way a lot of our fans were going after him on Twitter and DMing him and saying, we don't want you here, you shit and all this sort of stuff. It was just embarrassing. And yeah. if, they, if people think that they know better than all of the scouts that England have got around, you know, in, the England scouting team, the, the stats team that England, around England is the best in the world. And they think that they, they know better than these people. They know better than the Premier League scouts that for the teams he's played for. It's just ridiculous. And he has come in and he's been an absolute breath of fresh air. And I'm telling you now, he's not going to be long before he is the England number one, you know, quite rightly. And, um, and just for, for many, many years to come. And we could have this back line for the next decade, all five of them. Um, and I'm excited about it. I really am. I wanted to ask you, Terry, um, the climate over on your channel, because the last time I was there, you was in a very small minority um, and you had your flag firmly planted in the ground that Arteta could take us forward. And Diesel was nowhere near on that same opinion at all. Now that we're where we are now with the unbeaten run and, you know, the, 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 the last few games, has that changed at all on um, the viewers that come into your channel? And also Diesel, where's Diesel at now? To be honest, Dan, as you know, um, the last month or so, I haven't really been uh, able to do a lot of stuff because I've been like working non-stop at the moment. But the last, the last time that Diesel done a show, he, and I quote, "This is what he said," and this was after the Aston Villa game when we just beat them three-one. He said that, "Look, we've just won. Now you can see what this team can do when we win. So sack the manager now." Get an experienced manager in, and you will see exactly what this team can do. That is that is the view of Diesel still. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. I, I don't know um, how the the panel see or think about that. Put it out there. I mean, let's let's let's, let's have a look at that comment. Let me throw that one to Gary. What do you say about that comment, uh, Gary? That after the Aston Villa game where we won three one. Uh, you know, you can see what this team is now capable of. So now is the chance to strike while the iron's hot, bring in an experienced manager who can squeeze that out of the team, you know, on a more consistent consistent basis. Where do you stand on that? Yeah, I'm I'm a little torn on that one because I, you know, I've always been of the opinion that, you know, Arteta isn't the right manager. Just one, because of his experience. He's just not done it for a long time. And uh, this team needed somebody that can. And we don't know, and we won't know for a while, what his ceiling is. You know, is his ceiling, you know, top 10? Is his ceiling top four? We won't know that, and nobody can answer that question until he's actually been in the job long enough to actually get us there. So this is this is good. I, I'm enjoying where we are right now, uh, but I <laughs> there's not we won't we don't we won't know, and it just also depends on what. Who's the one making that decision? Who's the one analyzing the way the team's playing? 
you know, who's the one that's going to make that decision if, you know what, this is it's still not good enough, right? I mean, we saw that with Chelsea, right? They were finishing in top four, but it still wasn't good enough for them. They decided to make a change. So it's up to, you know, it's more about the team and what we've seen from this team. They are, I guess, I guess you call it hell bent on getting Arteta to be the man for them. So they're going to do anything they can for him, which is, I mean, which is kind of what I want. I just felt that also he needed to have somebody higher up than him making those making those decisions along with him. I'm not sure if he has that. Uh, you know, some you know, I know Adu Adu's been doing pretty well with, with some of the transfers, but I feel as a if our, if Arsenal is what everybody considers it one of the top teams in the world, then I feel like they should have that quality somewhere, you know. <laughs> I would it would be nice to have it at the ownership, but if not the board or even like a director of football with you know who brings in a lot more experience than what we have right now. So for me, I'm happy where we are. We, we won't know the ceiling. We could be sitting here two years from now going, you know what? We're still not going to – I don't see a title from us anytime in the future. I don't see a trophy for us anytime in the future because we because we may be sitting at – you know, the ceiling might just be that, you know, we are going to finish in, a, you know, maybe a top six team, but a top four team probably might not be where we are. We won't know that. So that's – uh. so I am um, kind of tempering my excitement with what we're doing because I don't know. We don't know the future uh, right now. <laughs> Um, What's it going to take meant- you a little bit more? Shall I say? How can I phrase this? A little bit more on board because you still sound a little bit hesitant. Um, yeah. About the manager, what's it going to take for you to have a little bit more of a, um, a positive feel about it? Yeah. Well, I mean, I I think one of the things we're talking about this you're talking about the style of play, and we've seen it. We saw it for about what forty five. I mean, about thirty minutes in the in the in North London derby. We saw it for about ninety minutes in the in the Aston Villa match, right? Uh, but there's still some. We can always see there's still some some gaps there in what we have in terms of what we want to do. We also don't have the depth, right? We don't have the squad. You look at the bench. No. Who does he bring in right now? Outside of the eleven that we now believe is our strongest eleven, Odegaard right? and Pepe is about it. Yeah, but even, <laughs> but they're not <laughs> really. They're not really answering the questions that are being yeah. asked when they come out there, right? I mean, nope. that's that's the problem. Like right now, Nuno and uh, and 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 Zombie have answered the question: Is do we have a backup when we need it? Yes, we do. We do. We have a backup for Gabriel or White. Milsur Frill or you know, can, or, can I just or, say or, to Bal seven? Can I just say to Bal seventy five? He says, "I cannot believe how how negative you lot are." You must have only just tuned in because if you've been listening, I think you know most of the lads here have been quite you know waxing quite lyrical about where we are at the moment. Um, but I was just wanted to ask Gary about. I just wanted to put it to the rest of the panel as well. The comment that Terry made about when we you know when we won at three one, there were people on his channel saying that now is the time to get rid. To see what this team's all about, get a more experienced manager in now. Well, it won't be Conley, will it? He ain't, he ain't coming in. So I just wanted to put that out there. Sorry, Gary, didn't mean to interrupt you. Yeah, no, no. Like I said, I, I, if I sound negative, it's because I don't know where you know. I, I can't see. This. You're we still all can't familiar, see the future, negative, and I, and I can't, and I, and I, and we haven't actually hit. We actually, actually have not hit a big challenge yet. We haven't had I, that I don't one. Think you're being negative, Gary. I, I think you're just still erring on that side of caution, which is fair enough, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, and you know, like I said, we we have we're right now. I believe we're eleven or twelve strong, 
Tyranny makes 12th if he's healthy, right? He plays and we don't, you know, we either play Tyranny or Nuno. We know we're not going to miss anything. The other players right now, do they, is it an easy switch for Arteta to make without making maybe a change to the the, the formation? I'm not sure. Uh, So for me, you know, I guess when we have that stinker of a game, I mean, so far we've had bad games and we've got points out of it. So if that's, if that's where we're going to be, then I'll take that. But I, you know, I can't, I, I think we're going to ride this thing out because of the way that we're playing right now. I just, you know, when we have a hiccup, which for me is the depth, which has always been our problem, right? We've always had a depth issue. Um, in the past, we didn't even have 11. We weren't even 11 strong, right? Now we're at least 11, 12 strong now where we yeah. can, you know, so yeah, we're, we're so better we're off than we are. It's going to take some time. And I think somebody said at the end, you know, to begin this season, we're going to need at least 10, 10 players to come in. And, you know, I didn't, you know, I, at that at that thought, I was like, nah, but we've got six and we still look at our bench. Who are we bringing on that you can go? You know what? They will give us the same kind of they will they will give us the same kind of performance that we get from a zombie or Nuno. Right. Where we don't miss the player that they're coming on for hmm. right now. I don't feel like we have that right now, at least the way that they've been playing. Maybe, you know, there's something to that because I think Pepe should be able to bring us something and. We haven't seen that from him. Uh, I like I like to believe that Martelli has something in there for us. Maybe not for ninety minutes. Maybe for you know coming in for spot duty, coming for about you know fifteen to thirty minutes in a match. Um, you know, so that's so those are the two players there that I think Erdogan. Like I said, I think he, he was struggling right before that last uh, international break. Um, Do you think it's going to talk about Odegaard? Because I hear a lot of people say he looked like he was struggling. Is he struggling or is it just because he's young and sometimes he's very difficult? It's because he was playing deep. Consistent, consistent he, wasn't even performances. Playing. he was playing as a deep midfielder alongside Thomas Partey. He's getting out muscle back there. I know, he's a number 10. It's like what I said about Partey earlier. I'm sorry to butt in there, but it's annoying me because he had some bad games when he was forced to play deep. You know, he was playing as part of the 4 2 3 1. He was playing part, alongside Thomas Partey in the double pivot. Right, for, and that's not his position. You know, he's never played there before, and there's a reason for that. And it totally negates all of the reasons why we brought him in, and all all his skills. So, you know, to to actually judge him on those couple of games where he was, sort of, you know, quite poor, it's it's really unfair because he's a he's a number ten, you know, and that's his role. Um, so it's just stupid. And the fact that we, I have to say as well, our bench is far stronger than it was last year. I mean, most of the players on there uh, were first-team players last season because we've replaced six of them uh, with our starting lineup, at least five of them, and they've dropped to the bench. So they were our, t- our first-team players last year. So you can't say it's, it's still it's, – it's not the best bench on the, in the Premier League, obviously, but it's far stronger than it was last year. That's for sure. I'm just, I'm just looking – you just look at, look at Sambi and look at Nuno and tell me – who are you bringing on that's going to give you that same kind of level totally of performance, agree. right? Totally and that, that's, that's what I'm looking at. I'm, I'm not saying that they're but terrible. Don't forget. I'm just saying, you know. Yeah, but don't forget, Sam Nuno is supposed to be replace, uh, a backup for Kieran Tierney. So when Kieran Tierney's back, Nuno will be on the bench. And don't forget, Sambi uh, is supposed to be a backup for Granite Xhaka. And whatever you think of Granite Xhaka, Granite Xhaka and Thomas Partey will be our strongest midfield partnership. 
Um, so we're missing him at the moment as well. So when Granit Xhaka's back in the team... Andrew, 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 let me just put it there and ask you that. Yeah, I mean, I always, I was, on the bench. I was always of the opinion that, that Thambi was the, repli- was the backup for, for, for Partey, and they're more of the similar... He's a backup to both of them. Yeah. yeah, I don't agree. He's, he's yeah. the backup. He's supposed to be on the bench, but he doesn't play. He doesn't play like Jaka does. He's no. not going to go and play. He doesn't play slow and backwards. When the, when the, when the, when, so for me, he's not a straight backup like 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 uh This is like what we know is for Tierney. Yeah, but this is the, you've got to think about. You've got to put yourself in the shoes of Mikel Arteta, and Mikel Arteta wants to have Granit Xhaka on the pitch with Thomas Partey. We know that for a fact. It might not be what any of us are thinking. But when but when Granit Xhaka is back fit, he's going to be in the team. We know we all know that, whether you like it or not. And Sambi will be on the bench. I want to ask you that, Andrew. I want to ask even... you You think then uh, when all everything's all, all all the dust settles in the new year, irrespective of how we've been playing up to the new year, you feel that as soon as uh, Granit Xhaka is fit enough to play, that he comes straight back in then? Yeah, hundred percent. Okay. 100%. Tony, let me come to Tony because uh, I know we were just uh, before we wrap up on our style of play. I know that you must be happy, right? Because it, the formation, which has been looking a little bit like a four-four-one-one, a little bit, I'm sure that's made you happy, right? Because you're four-four-two person. Yeah, I kept. Everybody was saying I was a. We used to play a four-four-two, but it was always a four-four-one-one. It's nice, kind of refreshing seeing it. I still would like to see a lone central defensive midfielder. But it doesn't seem like we're going to do that. Arteta doesn't like that for whatever reason. And <clears throat> to me, Arteta's luck. And back to your other question, Arteta's got lucky. He finally started playing Lacazette. To me, I would fire Arteta early, like Diesel. I don't think we have the right leadership in the board, right director of football, all that. But I definitely don't think Arteta is the right person. His substitutions still suck. He waits until the 85th minute to try to change the game. We got lucky in three of our last five games. We got outplayed. We've been giving the teams more possession. We're playing counterattacking football when we should be putting the but to the metal, going, storming down the field. We'd be smart if we get Tierney when he's back, but he must center back. But the odds is wing back. And then you got Tommy Asio, mother. Then you got basically four wingers storming up the pitch. And you got Tierney, Gabrielle and White, and Ramsdale back there. I kind of like that. Well, that was a bit strong, wasn't it? I can, I've got visions of fucking Terry careering his van off the road. So listen, let's wrap up on the style of play and uh, I'm dipping into the mailbag. And the next topic that we have is... Uh, that, that noise is, is back. And this one was a do, and this was sent in by Mike Hunt, and Mike Hunt is at um, a place called Nescliff in Shropshire, and he says, Edu, ridiculed by a lot of pundits for his dealings in the summer transfer window. What is your verdict on the business that was done? 
and um, we've kind of been touching a little bit uh, on on that already. And uh, I want to throw that out to Danny to start off with, please. So, how are you feeling about the hundred and gazillion millions of dollars that we spent and the six that have come in? And have you got a favourite? Can we uh, just sort of mute some mics because that no noise is doing my head in? I don't know if anyone else can hear it. It's um, too. Oh, that's better. Has that gone? So I'm keeping Terry on mute when he's not talking because he's out in a van. Yeah. Obviously, we're out mobile. So, so Danny, uh, Edu, are you happy with the business that he was done? I mean, a lot of people were pissed off that he was like having barbecues and out on his jet skis with a big cigar on the go. What's your thoughts? Happy? Um, there's a lot of things I'm moaning about only because I think I could do the job better. His job, I don't think I could do better. And so I didn't really complain about him, but I have to give him congratulations for when, when they were after Erdegaard. Real Madrid said we want sixty million, and we waited. It's sixty million. No, we want not taking anything less than six. He ended up waiting and waiting and waiting, flogging Willock, and then getting getting Erdegaard for when Willock was twenty five, Erdegaard was what thirty two. So he's a uh, seven million pound on Willock for that, and we've seen. I was one of those ones that was moaning. I'd like to have seen Willock stay at Arsenal because he's a Halen boy and he scores goals. But now we've seen that he's uh, he's gone to Newcastle with the bottom, of the, nearly second bottom of the league, and he has done absolutely nothing for them this season. He's I think he's played seven games, hasn't scored any goals. And as for which one of my of the signings is my favourite, I'm going to have to go with Ramsdale only because he reminds me so much of David Seaman. Uh, a grumpy, gruff Northerner with big hands and he's great in goal. And and like, um, uh, who said it? One, of, I was listening. One of you said that we could have this defence for the next 10, 12 years. Who said that? Yeah. Ah, there you go. <laughs> that I agree with that. Because I was looking um, at some of the two. Like at the moment, Watford's goalkeeper is 38 years old. Imagine if we still had Ramsdale at Arsenal when he was 38 years old. Could could easily be done because he's 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 a better goalkeeper than that ginger dwarf Pickford. He's a much better goalkeeper than all of that lot. And imagine if he has if he has ten years of play, he could he could get close to breaking David O'Leary's record. Goalkeepers don't tend to get injured that often. You tend to only really have one goalkeeper that plays most of the time. Leno goes this summer because I'd love to see him at Dortmund because Dortmund's goalkeeper is an absolute nightmare. And then we need to get someone in uh, as cover for that. But Edu's done a good job, and I think he gets a lot of grief. But you try doing a better job than what he's done. Every single one of those signings, I'd never heard of Nuno Tubej or Sammy Lukonga or any of that. I'd never even heard of Tommy Ashu, and I like my Italian football. And he got them all at bargain places. So uh, yeah, I think Andrew also said that some of these players, uh, they've, they've, they, when was the last time so many players have come in new and all started? Not just that. They've come in from Belgium, Italy, and and uh, Portugal. I mean, at Benfica, I don't think he was playing much at Benfica. So it's not like we brought in six ready-made stars like Man City were doing. They're all starting. They're all young men. It's just so many good things happening in the club at the moment. Brilliant, yeah. brilliant, like that. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, let's go over to uh, Gary next. So the last question, Edu. You know. He was he was ridiculed a lot for what he was doing in the summer. Kind of dovetails nicely into the next topic as well, which is who has been our, uh, our, our standout signing this season. And that question, who's been our standout signing this season, that was sent in by Mike Roch, uh, who's in Beaverton, Ontario. <laughs> a couple of mics there. Why do you keep laughing? Beaverton, Oregon. 
Yeah. <laughs> so they kind of those two kind of dovetail nicely together. So Gary, what's your first thoughts first of all on um on on Edu because he did get a lot of pelters in the summer and his son was getting tweets saying like what's your fucking dad doing get him to work and if you kind of like pair that off with uh, who's been your standouts of the uh, six that have come in yeah i mean the only thing i can say is i wish he, i wish he would have gotten the players in sooner that's really the only thing i could complain about if i want to complain about anything um, because he did like you said he brought in starters he brought in reserve backups for the positions that of need Right, we knew Partey was going to have issues with injuries. We knew Tierney was going to have injuries with uh, issues with uh, injuries. So we wanted to make sure we had those those players with backups behind them. I didn't think we, you know, at that point, I didn't think a new goalkeeper was actually on the cards for us. I know that and uh, Ramsdale was he was named early in the in the window. It seemed, and everybody's like, "What? Why are we? Why are we doing that?" With and it didn't seem like yeah, we were letting, one of them. Leno I go. Freely, I freely admit it. I question that. Didn't get it, you know. Yeah. I was kind of, I was kind of in Leno's corner, you know. Now though, I've, 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 I've obviously now discovered that yeah, the problem was is that uh, Bert Leno was, you know, not his fault that he was born mute, so he can't sort of like <laughs> speak in his, his his penalty box. But I was one of those that questioned it and um, proved wrong. I'm glad to yeah. be. Yeah, no, no, he's no. a fan of mine. Yeah, no, I, I mean, like I said, I was, uh, you know, I was happy with it. Um, it did answer some of the questions that we had as far as the players they were going to bring in. They went young. Um, a little compare. I don't know. It kind of makes me think just why was the other summer window a little bit different than this one? Was it that was their initial plan and they switched it up? Was it he didn't have full control as much during that window and as he does now? I'm not sure. Um, you know why there would be a different because we went kind of a little bit older with William bringing in William there and that didn't work out. And then we just said, you know what? If you look now. The, the age dynamic of all the players coming in are players that we plan to have for a while. If not, then we can resell them. So that's always the plus there. Right now, you bring in a Willie and it doesn't work out. You either let them walk or you pay them off, whatever the case may be. So I think they, you know, they uh, kind of reduce their risk and then maybe improve their, their the um, the options if things didn't work out. So yeah, I, that, that's my only thing because I think this team. As Arteta said, needed he needed to have his players in so he can actually train with them. That was his, that was his problem with the the last window is that he didn't get his players in soon enough. They didn't get a a, a true, you know, preseason, and uh, I think he still didn't get it this time. And maybe it took a little while for them all to acclimate together. But uh, I like what I've seen from the players that they've brought in. They've all been the ones they needed. I I think this is. In a typical situation, a play a coach manager coming into a new team, are they going to be able to bring in all the players they want to fulfill every position on the on the on the on the in the in the team? And the answer is no, right? So and that's the difference I think between a you know a seasoned manager. They're going to find a a, a a style of play that works for their players, regardless you know regardless of what their preferred approach is. You know, um, and until they can get their players in and maybe work to that style, but they need to be able to find a way to uh, take advantage of the skill sets that they do have for the players that they have on the squad. So that's, you know, what we I guess what we saw in that first that first year with Arteta. The second year, he got more of the players that he wanted. Everything looks a lot better now. 
Um, I, like I said, I mean, I guess me, me and Andrew are just going to go back and forth because I don't feel like the players that are playing as our starters, he can get the same performance out of the backup. So we'll see how that, if that pans out. I hope it does. Um, but I have a feeling he might have to change things around when he brings some of those players on if it doesn't, if they don't fit the mold that he wants. And we'll see if he's open to that. In terms of the, you know, the, the player that stands out, yes. I mean, it's really easy. I don't think from what we've seen so far it's uh it's uh, i think it's hand down ramsdale i mean i think uh we saw some good things from tomiyasu when he came in but he soon found out <laughs> that there are a lot of uh left wingers that are gonna make his day you know a nightmare and uh, he saw that you know against brighton so it's gonna you know he's been per he's been good but it's a little bit tougher and he hasn't been that big of an influence as he was in the first couple of matches that he played. But Ramsdale has been a constant so far and hopefully you know, that continues, uh, you know, and you know, the fans, hopefully they understand that he's not uh, Superman. He's not going to be perfect. So he's going to have bad days. We can still scream at him and say he had a bad day, but you know, he's not going anywhere based on what we've seen so far. So I'm enjoying watching him play. I like the fact that, like you said, he doesn't have the mute button on when he's in the box. He definitely has the volume up. Everybody hears him. Um, they, he has a lot of communication going between him and that back line throughout the match, good, bad, or ugly. They're always communicating, and I think that keeps everybody in the game. Nobody typically falls asleep on that back line because he's in their ears. They can hear him, and I think that's what we needed. We needed leadership on the field. He brings that, right? We talk about – I mean, we've been – I mean, I think – most of us have been talking about the leadership on the field, and it doesn't require an armband. Ramsdale has shown that it doesn't require an armband to be a leader out there. Uh, he's been leading those guys, even though he's, it's, you know, even you know, his first day on the, on the pitch, he was leading these guys, and that's what that's what we want, right? I was hoping to see that from Tyranny, but I didn't see it as much. But from Ramsdale, I'm seeing it all the time when he's out there, and these guys love to protect the goal for him, right? I mean, if that. The, I think it was which game was it? Um, uh, was it not Brighton? But I think it was a Villa or Leicester City game. If you if you watch that, a lot of a lot of their shots were coming from outside the box, right? I mean, nothing inside that, that box was protected. I mean, and they were getting good shots because they you know they're good. They got they've got some good finishers there, but nothing inside that box. It was protected. And I like to see that. And that's been our problem that people are able to get inside the box and basically break us down. And that didn't, that's not happening now. Um, also his passing out from the back. I mean, he threw, he, he made a, he made a really nice pass, a long pass to Abamian right into the middle of the, yeah, the pitch. That was that. just, and, and it, and Abamian was able to just stop it on a dime and then decide yeah. what to do next with it. And we've, I don't think we've seen that enough from Leno, if at all. A lot of his passes basically are passes back to the other team, and we just we have to get back on defense. So he's been really good with his passing from, you know, if he has to bypass the line, he's been been really good there. So, yeah, Ramsdale right now, standout player. I think if you look at it, Gabriel, his first year, we got the best out of him. And we now, you know, we're, he was out of the lineup. We had problems. He's back in back line looks a, little, a lot more solid right so they've been pretty good with those two signings in the last i think those are the last two um the last two summer windows right so they fixed the back line arteta got a fa cup because of uh, the way he he played defense and uh, they started from the back and they're moving forward so 
I guess we'll I guess we should say the next window we should be moving closer and closer to the goal. So we should be getting better and better as we move the ball up the pitch. Right. So that's what I'm what I'm looking forward to. But yeah, Ramsdale's the man. Adu has done pretty well with what I've seen. I mean, I like I said, I think we needed 10 players to come in. Not a feasible option. Uh, but you know, what we've done so far has been really good. Just like to see us get some more out of those players that uh are still on uh, still with the team. At the least, that kind of shows their skill set. So if we do sell them, they have something to show for that. So yeah, that's that's me uh, as far as uh, <laughs> our standout play. I think it's I believe it's really easy, but we'll find out if anybody has any other 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 thoughts on that. Good stuff. Uh, let's go to Terry next. Terry, you right there? Keep doing this. Come in, Terry. Are you there? <laughs> Sounds like you need a CB radio with him. Come in Switzerland. Are you there, Terry? <laughs> breaker, breaker. <laughs> Are you there, Tell? Can't hear very well, mate. He's there, but he's not saying anything. Hold on. Can you right, hear me, mate? Yes, mate. There you go. It was a problem that you had. So yeah. you will be talking about it. Talk to me about... Um, I, mean, I know that you've been... Um, You've always been in uh, Arteta's corner, near enough from the well, from the beginning. Where were you with Adu? Was you was you always in Adu's camp as well? Would you think he's had a really good uh, summer? And uh, other than the business that he's done, who's been the standout? Uh, I think I've touched on this already a little bit, yeah. Stan. Uh, at the end of the day, look, you know, yeah, Arteta and Adu have come out from the beginning and said, you know, they've had a plan from the start. Um, you know, they, they really like each other. They talk to each other every day. Um, you know, they've got a really good partnership. And let's be honest, they said, wait until the end of the transfer window and then judge us on that afterwards. So, you know, as far as I was concerned, yeah, we were getting Ram, Ramsdale in, uh, Tommy Yazoo. Look, obviously, let's all hold our hands up. They, they won't be the first player on the top of your list because you, we didn't know half of them. Right, but you know we, we can't we can't be snobby all the time as fans and think just because these players are coming in and you don't like Arteta or Edu or whatever that you're not even going to give them a chance before they've even put the shirt on and kicked the ball. Do you know what I mean? I, I just don't understand that with our fans sometimes. And at the end of the day, you know what I mean? Edu and Arteta got ridiculed, ridiculed for the transfer business we done, and they everyone was up in arms saying we've spent the most money in the transfer window and who have we spent it on and blah, blah, blah. And as we touched on earlier, five out of the six players that we, we bought have started most of the games since they've come in. And they're all, they're all at least, you know, getting some minutes in, in the games. And since then, we've gone nine games, games unbeaten. Um, I know a lot of, you know, there's some people that I've seen in the putting question... Uh, comments up saying, you know, well, who have we actually played? Who have we actually beat? That's going to go on all season, unfortunately. It doesn't matter if we beat Liverpool, Man City, Chelsea. It doesn't matter because everyone will be saying, oh, well, Chelsea played poor that game. Liverpool played really bad that game. And, and that's how it will go on because, obviously, people just don't want Arteta there. But Edu, I think, has done a fantastic job. We've got players in that we've needed to get in. Um, obviously, there's still a load more to do. Don't get me wrong. You know what I mean? We, there's still 
as uh, I can't remember who it was who was saying earlier on on the panel, um, was saying, you know what I mean? Now we've got to push on in January, hopefully get another couple, at least a couple of more players um, in January, and then build on that again in the summer. Do you know what I mean? With a, a few more players that can come in and... Um, once you've got part A, if he's injured, goes out, whatever, we can have a like-for-like player coming in and we haven't got to be worried. So, there's look, just because I'm very positive about Arteta and Edu and things like that, I'm not deluded, you know what I mean, to say that there's still a lot more that Arsenal need to do going forward and Arteta and Edu, them two themselves. So, I think they've done fantastic at the moment. Um, it's, it's paying off. Obviously, we've got Watford um, next weekend and then we've got a an hard game against Liverpool. Um, and then we've got Man United and West Ham coming up before Christmas. So, you know, them, them games will determine exactly how we're going to look going forward. Um, obviously, if we can, you know, try and get a couple of draws out of them and mostly wins out of all the other games, then we'll be looking good going into January. But I, I think the transfer window was really, really good from the, from Edu and Arteta, they both come out and said these are the players that they wanted, even though that you know all the Arteta outs and that were saying that they're lying, these are not the players, they're rubbish and things like that. So would you, come on, Terry, would you agree then that, that, that the manager has been backed? The manager the manager has been backed, yeah. The manager has been backed now. Yeah. I've been saying this for a while. We, well, you know, as anyone, uh, as anyone, Stan, I've been saying it would take, even if it weren't Arteta, if it was Conte, Mourinho, whoever come in at the time Arteta come in. I've said from the start, it would take two years to get this shit sorted out that was uh, Arsenal. You know what I mean? There was so much yeah. shit going on in the background with players, players with clicks and that, you know what I mean? Demanding who would be playing and, you know what I mean? And, and dictate what they was doing in training and things like that. Mediocre players that have been here on big wages for too long. And now Arteta come in and he said he was going to start from the bottom upwards. And I believe that's what he's done. I believe hey, that's what he's done. And hey, now, those players is also backing Arteta, by the way, as well, Terry. So paying, off those, paying off those contracts of those uh, players that were yeah. um, all needed to go out, you know, like Ozil, etc. That that was part of the backing of Arteta as well, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I totally agree. You know, getting that was one of the biggest things that we needed to happen. I, you know, I did like Ozil, but unfortunately. We was not going to build build a team around him. He was he was getting too old. You know what I mean? So it, we needed to get him off of our books, and that was a massive, massive part of Arsenal moving forward for me. Um, yeah, and look, it goes without saying. I think that the, the best the best transfer at the moment has got to be your shit, ah, and that's Ramsdale. You know what I mean? For, mm. The way that he just done that uh, in that game was unfucking believable. The best part um, of the game, the character of the person himself. And, you know what I mean? I think he's going to be a fan favourite with years to come. Um, I can't remember on the panel who said, you know what I mean? The Watford goalkeeper, I think it is, he's 38. And if we've got Ramsdale until he's 38 doing that, I mean, how, how fucking brilliant is that for, for us as Arsenal fans moving forward with, you know what I mean? Players like that interacting with the fans while in the game and all. Do you know what I mean? As long as he's concentrating and putting off worldy saves like he did against Leicester, Oh, my word. I mean, you know what I mean? What a player. He, I mean, the thing is, I think what people forget, a lot of Arsenal fans forget and all, is he, yes, he was playing for, like, you know, lower down teams and they did get relegated. But 
but the experience that he must have got out of them teams because of the shots that he would have been against, you know what I mean, with teams uh, that he was with, with Sheffield United and um, who was the other ones? I can't think of. Bournemouth. 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 And things, you know what I mean, that they would have had a lot of shots against them. So the experience he would have gained through that alone would have been, you know what I mean, brilliant. Yeah, Terry, I, I, I took a look at I took a look at a lot of the YouTube videos of of Ramsdale when you know they were bringing him in, and you you can't. There were so many times where it was just one on one, him and the attacker, and he's actually making stops, right? So he's making so he, the fact now that he actually has a decent defense in front of him, you know, it just makes him all the all the better for it, right? And we see that. So yeah, I think where he's come from and what he's doing now and uh, I think that's why he's so happy to be here. And also, you know, he's a good sh shot stopper along with everything else that he brings. To the Let me just ask you, Gary, while you're there then, is he your favourite? Is he a standout from the six that we've signed? Oh, definitely. Yes. Ramsdale? Yeah. Okay. Ramsdale, yeah. yeah. Tony, you had your hand up. You either want to ask a question or you need to go to the toilet. Which is it, Stan? <laughs> well, I was going to make a comment, sit, sit there talking about, Doing this and that, make of the right choices. Then we have Arteta citing Zaka again, giving him another extension. And we des desperately, desperately need help in the midfield. We've done nothing in the midfield. We needed strikers. We needed a young striker. We needed a world class striker because Lacazette and Obamarang are both getting there in age. So what, 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 what are you saying then? Are you saying that you don't think that Adu did uh, enough, or what? In your in your opinion, I think it's kind of a mixed bag. I think Adu's doing what he needs to do, but it's for players that Arteta's picking that kind of screws it up. Just we'll go kind of year by year. First, when Emery was in there, we get <coughs> we get Martinelli, then we get. Danny Ceballos. And then the next year we get Gabrielle, Danny Ceballos, and William. Then this year we get Ramsdale and not sure who, not sure who's the shit players I'd be. Probably granted Zaka extension. And as I go on about the extensions, we extended Mari four years, Holding four years, Cedric four years. Just anybody, yeah, hold your hand up, you get four years. Even though you're on too much wages, it's kind of like it's kind of like Kalisniak. He's on over a hundred grand a week, and he's still at the fucking club for whatever reason. Yeah, he is. Who who's been your standout? Do you have a standout? Uh, <laughs> have you got a standout? <laughs> it's been it's been Ramsdale hand down, and as far as disappointing so far, it's been Odegaard. Yeah. Okay. All right, Andrew. Hmm. Um, Edu's business, uh, did he do enough in your eyes? And uh, do you have any standouts? It doesn't have to be one, it could be a couple that you're really pleased to see. I think it's really hard to criticize uh, what Edu's managed to do in this. Uh, I mean, it's, you've got to understand as well the climate with every club's in at the moment with the pandemic, with the lack of funds, and I think the fact that he's done. Um, even down to, like I mentioned to, to Terry earlier, about the, the ripping up of the contracts. It's, 
not good business sense, but it was needed to be done for the harmony in the changing room. Yeah. And I think it, it took a lot of balls and it took, it was just like ripping off the plaster. Um, it had to be done. Otherwise, they'll just be sitting around again, um, you know, not happy because they're not playing, eating up a lot of, you know, uh, the the good vibes in the train, changing room if they weren't got out of the club. So the fact that he did that and, you know, the, the work that he's done in this, I mean, Tony just mentioned about, you know, they extended Granite Xhaka again. Granite Xhaka wouldn't have been extended if we'd have got a decent um, fee for him in the summer. He would have gone. But I don't care what anyone says. When we were just um, offered 12 million euros for Granite Xhaka, who had an excellent Euros um, tournament as well with his country, that's that's just insulting, you know, from a club. Maybe that's all they could have afforded, which I doubt, because they went and bought someone far more expensive, um, this Roma, who were obviously linked to him. They went and bought someone far more expensive than him afterwards. I just think it was a, a derisory offer. And in order to get a replacement for him, we'd have had to put a lot more money towards that. And Greenwich Acker has let us down on a lot of occasions with regards to sendings off and giving away penalties, etc. But overall, he is worth a lot more to us than 12 million euros, which is what? About just 10 million quid. So I, I don't blame them turning that down. Let me ask you a question there, Andrew. In the, you, in the, in the, a moment ago when you said um, about, you know, a lot of the players that we've we've ended their contracts, which obviously isn't the best way to do things, but it was no. necessary, which I agree with. Do you, do you not think then on the same token that perhaps, you know, in your eyes you feel that the 12 million euros was derisory for Xhaka, but is there an argument that we should have just taken it and moved on? No, because who would we get for that sort of money? We still we haven't got a bottomless pit of money. You, you'd have to put a lot more money. In, in addition to all the players that we've already bought, then you're talking about putting another 20 to £30 million pounds outlay again in the summer. And he didn't want to get rid of Granite Xhaka that much to take like £10 million quid and then go and have to buy someone else for 40 It It was just... I mean, don't forget, there was a, it was a one-year extension they gave him in the end. And because he's worth more to the club than that 10 million quid. Was it? But I don't believe it. Was it that much difference? It wasn't It wasn't a 10 million. It was 12 million no. euros, the offer. No, no, the difference, the difference in what they wanted and what they were being offered. I thought it was 15 is what they were looking for. Pounds. Yeah, I mean, pounds. Yeah. They wanted. They were looking for fifteen pounds, and they were offered twelve. So fifteen for, pounds. I'm fucking fifteen up, million 15, pounds. I would put that in and drive them out to the nearest. No, about no, eighteen. No. About eighteen million euros. Yeah. Fifteen million pounds there or thereabouts. So, so, so quite so, a big difference. No, no, I, I get that, but what I'm saying is, it's not enough to just go and buy another player anyway. So, and they were looking to sell. They, I guess, they would have sold them for that much. So they would have still had to spend. So. You know, if they were going to allow that to even happen, right, then that means they were okay to let him go for the right price. Maybe the, right the price. case. Maybe the case. All I'm saying is that you know I, he wouldn't have been here if we'd have got a decent amount for him. The club that the club felt was acceptable, anyway. So it wasn't the case that we weren't trying to to do it. It was a difficult summer because of the the climate out there, the financial climate. But overall. 
I think Edu did a fantastic job with what he did to, to bring in all these players. The scouting team have done their work fantastically because all of these players are slotted in seamlessly to the team, as we've mentioned uh, previously. I mean, Tavares only made six, I believe, I think I'm right in saying, six first-team appearances for Benfica. Um, really? So, yeah, yeah, six. Oh, wow. So, the fact that the way I he's come in, that. so that scouting that they've done on him is top draw, let's face it. Um, they must have attended all six games, right? <laughs> well, yeah, but he's obviously played a lot in the under-23s team for Benfica, etc. So, they must have done a lot of scouting there as well. I known about him, but he has been uh, a breath of fresh air into the team. I love the way he plays. I were, the only um, game, unfortunately, that I've been to so far this season was his debut um, in the game against West Brom in the Cup. And I, I just fell in love with him from that moment on because he was just brilliant. I was right behind him. Where... Sorry? Is he your My standout? Oh, he's one of them. I mean, it's early days for him. He's only made two starts in the Premier League. Sure. Um, but I love what I see of him. I mean, I'm the same with everyone. I, I mean, I loved all the, all the players we brought in. I've got to give a special men, mention to Tommy Asu as well. I mean, I, I, I could go on for ages about Ramsdale, the same as everyone has. But um, uh, Tommy Asu has been fantastic as well. He is, uh, don't forget that he, when he made his debut, he was literally just, what, 24, 36 hours off the plane coming back from Japan. Right. And uh, <laughs> after the international break, and he's just been um, a sensation as well. I know he had a, a probably a little bit of a lull in a couple of games, but I think pretty much the whole team had a lull in those games that we're talking about, the, the Palace and the Brighton games. I don't think anyone was right at the, at, the, at it, those games. But um, overall, he's been brilliant. And I think, again, it's, it's a big tick in the box for the scouting network that because he's just... Uh, ideal for us and when we when we were considering um when you when you consider that we were actually in the running for at one stage for emerson royale that spurs ended up with i mean christ almighty uh, tommy asu is so much more suitable um to the premier league as a whole and to arsenal as a whole than him so i i think they've done a great job getting him in as well i mean overall i mean i've got to say that i think ramsdale is going to be our number one for I mean, David Seaman, don't forget, was our number one until he was nearly 40. So if he goes on to have a career anywhere near the length of David Seaman's, it would be amazing. But even if he's only with us till he's mid-30s, for example, um, I'm going to enjoy every single season he's with us because that was the best bit about the Leicester game for me. Not just his save, but the, when he did that, oh, you're a shit, ah, with the Leicester fans during the game. I just like... I, just, I almost I just laughed out loud when I saw that. Actually, it was just brilliant. What There's a personality he's got! He's got just enough—not too much of it—but he's got just enough of the, the Jens Lehmann gene DNA going yeah. through his blood. You know what I mean? He's not yeah, full well, Jens. He's just enough. <laughs> he wouldn't have let that goal in against uh, Brentford for you know the goal we let in from the throw. There's absolutely no way he would have let that happen. He wouldn't have been pinned back on the on his line that the way that uh, Burnt Leno did. I mean, I'm not going to go full tilt on Burnt Leno because he's I don't he's he's very rarely let us down. That goalkeeper, no. he's been a good goalkeeper for us. Let's not forget that. But 
you know, there's so many attributes that Ramsdale has that he hasn't got. Yeah. And we see, you, you, don't know, you don't know what you're missing until you see it. Uh, I think we knew we were, we were missing that from Leno, though. We, we were missing communication with the back yeah, line. Yeah, but we didn't, we didn't realize quite how much, though. We saw it with Emmy. That's what. That's why Emmy was so loved. Is because when Emmy was in there, his communication was the back line was just like that. When Maddie Ryan was in the was in there, similar thing as well. Commanded the ball in the air. Communicated with his back line. And those. I wasn't are the talking about. That, it's not just that. It's the. It's everything. It's his distribution as well. Like you mentioned that that pass out, the sidewinder yeah. pass he did, right along the floor. To you don't realize quite how much of a step up we've got now. Yeah. I mean, we knew that he, he wasn't the best in the world at it, Leno. <laughs> that's, a, that's putting it quite nicely. But the actual amount of step up that we've, we've made in Aaron Ramsdale from Leno in, in terms of that is phenomenal. But he is, um, yeah, the, I mean, the, the commanding of his area, the vocality of him, and the fact that he would not let himself get pushed into that corner like Baby. Um, <laughs> like he did against uh, that Brentford game, um, it just wouldn't have happened. You just you can just see that wouldn't have happened. So he's got to be the number one for um, for me. But I think all of them have got. You can have an argument for all six signings yeah. as being fantastic, and that's great. And do you know what? Just one thing. Just going back a couple of questions, I didn't get the chance to answer about. Um, and I'll be really brief. I don't want to take over. But about Arteta, right? And um, when you brought you, you mentioned about um, someone saying, should he be replaced now after that good result that we had? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've got to look at the overall picture of what it would do to the squad as well. Because I've never seen the squad for many, many years be so harmonious as they have been in the last few games. They're so together. They celebrate together. They fight together on the pitch. Um, not one of them is not playing for that manager. And you've never heard one one of the players, even players that have actually left the club or are no longer playing because they're they're on the bench. Not one player has ever said anything other than positive about Nicola Arteta. But what I love about it is that, especially you, you should go back to the Leicester game, the way that the team stayed on the pitch. They celebrated with the fans. They celebrated amongst themselves. Uh, if something goes wrong, they encourage each other and sort of bollock each other. And when they celebrate, they celebrate as a team. And they back yeah. each other up on the pitch. So what would it do then to them, to the whole squad that we've actually started, you know, to really get together and assemble, to then take that manager out and replace them with someone else? What would that do for the camaraderie on the pitch and the team ethic? The team, of course it wouldn't. Of course it wouldn't. So you would lose, you, you would risk lose losing all of that, that that is taken two years so far to build by taking that manager out and replacing him. So why would you do that? I, mean, I'm not, I was going to play devil's advocate here and say, was that one can of the you players? Be, can you be Gary quickly, please? <laughs> Andrew, we're supposed to be buddies. We're supposed, isn't this how is, this is... <laughs> <laughs> Gary, I'm gone. <laughs> you know how many pulling your plunker, Gary. No, no, I, I, no. I was just saying, you know, 
the, the when when uh Saka got taken down and you saw all the players basically at least around the referees and you know getting in the face of uh mm. uh is it MacArthur is that who it was that that yeah. almost chopped him down right McConster <laughs> I mean that's what we've been looking for right we're looking for 11 players if you hit one of you knock one of us down you got a whole team to deal with right we never had like you said we never had that like a year ago, if that player got knocked down, everybody would be just off doing their own thing. Player laying in the middle, just and waiting for the uh, waiting for the physio to come over. Now, no, there's somebody. There's people right there. The official knows that something's wrong about the situation. Whether they do something about it, you know, as we saw, they did absolutely nothing about it. But at least the players know. And like you know, Gabriel's always there. Right. I would like Abamyang to be there a little bit more, but Gabriel's there. We see that, you know, a lot. So I'm in, I'm enjoying that part of it because that's uh, that's eleven players on the pitch, not eleven individuals on the pitch, right? So yeah. Yeah, definitely. So you've got to consider that. You've got to consider what he's actually built there. And that's a that's one of the toughest parts of manager management, right? It's not just about choosing the tactics and putting the players on the pitch and telling them what to do. It's about creating uh, a group of players that will do anything for each other and get the right kind of personalities in in the start to, to actually create that kind of uh, togetherness and bond that they've, they've clearly got because you can see it in front of your eyes now. So, you know, you're going to be risking losing all of that and having to start again by pissing them all off and, and bringing a new manager in. And, yeah... I just would not do that now. Now you see what he's actually building uh, in the last nine games since the first three have gone, and he's completely changed the, the, the starting lineup since those first three games. And uh, now you see what uh, that's happening on the pitch now. Uh, you know, you've got to run with it. You've got to see how it's going to pan out because it's looking positive. And it may not be. It may not be. It might all go to shit again. But at the moment, I think that. Um, you can see from the performances on the pitch and you can see what the they're all doing uh, together that it's it's really encouraging and it's uh, like I said earlier in, on in the show I'm actually enjoying watching Arsenal again for the first time in a long time because we're playing good football and you can and it makes you happy seeing that the players working together and performing together the way they are on the pitch before we wrap up this segment, I just want to go to Danny. I'd like to ask you, Danny. I mean, I think I know the answer because I saw the title of your, uh, your your last pod over on ABW about your favourite of the sign of the signings so far of the season. Is it is it also Aaron Ramsdale, or have you got any, someone else that edges it for you? Good with everyone, Ramsdale, breath of inspiration and a shouter. You've got to be a shouter. And as for getting rid of Mikel. You wouldn't go and get your classic Lamborghini, go spend two hundred million pound fixing it, and then go ah, get, get a different car now. They've invested too much money to get rid of him. And, and like someone else was saying, you've had all the arseholes at the club who thought they were better than Mikel because Mikel was a young man, and they thought they knew better. They've all gone. We've now got young men that believe in the process, and it's working. And even if we go and lose two or three games in a row, and I know some people go mad about that, still just wait. You ain't going to win everything straight away. But it's, it's we're gonna have more better game, more better games than bad games, and as we go on, we're gonna have more and more. We're, we're probably never gonna win the title because we haven't got the money to do that, and we haven't got the favourability of the referees. But as far as uh, being top four again, you know, it's back on. Good, 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 good. So the next segment 
is a uh, it's going to be a little bit about we've talked about Edu and what he done uh, last summer, but we're almost getting up to January now. So I thought we'd take um, a, a little look forward with the next segment, and um, this is a something that I'm calling. Um, isn't this a listener's question this is uh this segment is basically uh transfer about transfer news so it's a segment that i'm calling transfer news <laughs> transfer news 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 <laughs> you've been well, in canada um, too long the big, I know. There's no expense spared on Arsenal fan circle, Danny. None at all. Oh, indeed, spent. The one that I wanted to kick off with, um, and, it, it, and it shocked me, and, and um, I saw a couple of people earlier on in our comment section asking about it. The rumour of Danny Ceballos coming back to Arsenal on loan in January. Terry. All right. <laughs> Terry, don't talk to me about that. Hope he's not driving while he just heard that. Pull over, Danny, first. Sorry, Terry. Pull over first, mate. That's all right. That's all right. Danny Sabayoff, yeah? That's what you're talking about, yeah? Yeah. yeah prospect of him, of prospect of him coming of back in London. Just a load of rubbish. It's just, you know, um, probably someone just making up a rumour. And um, saying about Danny Sabayoff coming back to Arsenal. I don't believe any of it, mate. Um, for me personally, I think he had his time at Arsenal. Did he do it? I mean, he done all right, he didn't blow us away, did he? Do you know what I mean? He had some really good games, but you know, really, it's it's unforgettable, really, player for us. I think, to be honest, he, he, he done a turn uh when we needed him for Arteta, especially when we won the FA Cup and the, the charity shield. Um, but that's as far as it goes, really. I don't, I don't believe in the rumor. Um, personally, I will just wait and see what Edu and Arteta come up with um, in January. Hopefully, like I said, we can get another couple of uh, a couple of more players in. I'd like two, at least two in, maybe three. That will um, strengthen our squad going forward um, because obviously we're going to have a, a, a lot of hard games. I know we're not in Europe or anything like that, but we really need to do push on after January. Um, to get you know us back up into at least top six, and we, if we quietly go about our business, um, and I don't think anyone's given us any chance whatsoever of finishing in the top six, we just quietly go about our business, let everyone talk about everyone else, get a couple of new players in, and hopefully um, go underneath the radar and nick that full spot. Okay. Any else want to come in on this Danny Ceballos thing that's been floating about? I mean, for me, I mean, it's not like if we could play maybe Burnley every match, then I'd think about it, but that's never going to happen. Anyone else want to jump in? Just a No third chances for him. He's done. That's a nice one. Last time here. Andrew, Danny Ceballos. I mean, I, I, I hope I hope this story is not true and it's just something to sell pages. But this is about transfer gossip. So, I mean, if the gossip is out there, what would you do? It's the laziest transfer rumour that there is. It's just so easy. He's not getting a game at uh, Real Madrid. In fact, he's injured and he's in a race to be fit before Christmas um, as well. So, not only would we be 
getting him back from Real Madrid because he's not getting the game. Uh, we'd be getting him back uh, a player that hasn't played so far this season at all. So if we need someone to come in, cover the African Cup of Nations to hit the ground running, we wouldn't be getting that player. So yeah. it's just rubbish, absolute rubbish. And it's because he's been here before, he's not getting a game. He's probably his agent has put it out there that Arsenal are interested. Um, and it's just lazy journalism, in my opinion. Uh, I don't think there's going to be any chance of it whatsoever, personally. Danny? Was you a fan of Danny Ceballos, Danny? I mean, he shares your name. Is that was that uh, name? Well, well, someone, <laughs> someone I rang up. I said my name's Danny, and they said, "Is that D A N I?" I nearly throttled them. <laughs> what do I sound like? A fourteen-year-old Australian girl, Danny Bear. <laughs> yeah, Muppets. Well, his first spell, he was all right, but then again, we were shit, and so anybody would have looked good. His second spell, he didn't really have a, have a, have a position or a role at the club with the uh, the way the tactics were evolving. And as for a third spell at the club, he's played zero minutes for Real Madrid this season. They're just if there's any rumours of truth in it, they're just he's probably his agent is desperate to get him some some playtime somewhere. It's it's like that old that other one we had that and um, Dennis Suarez and um, yeah. Barcelona got rid of him the next season straight away and now he's kicking his heels around the bottom half of La Liga. We don't want these players; they're rubbish. Yeah. He's, you could see last season he'd given up. He'd realised the players around him were better. When we've got young men that are better than someone who's a I think he was on the, the verge of the, the Spain squad at some point. He might even have played for Spain. I don't want him anywhere near the club. He's got nothing to offer. Gary, anything you want no, to I add? Mean, the, the, yeah, my last memories of him, which I hope are the only memories of him, were that Villarreal match, I think it was, right? where He was determined to score an own goal. <laughs> sure was a hair, Danny Danny. That's- that's the last I want to hear of him in terms of Arsenal. That's uh, oh, that's it. Hopefully, it's going to be a distant memory. You know, I, Danny, I Danny. Just, yeah, we just we <laughs> he kind of did not help us. That's all I'm going to say in that one. He didn't help us at all. Uh, like I said, I think like Andrew said, I think this is just somebody throwing some uh, gasoline on the fire to see if it will create a big blow. You know, a big explosion, and, and it would. But it's not. There's nothing there. There's nothing there. Not not the way not the way that we've made uh, we've done transfer business. Basically, um, I, even last January window we did pretty well with what the players that we brought in. I would expect a similar um, type of uh, transfer window. We bring in players that we need, players that can contribute immediately, and that's it. All right. If they can't contribute, then there's probably no reason to spend the money. But I think we might need to, some players might have to leave. You know, if we can to get some monies for them. Uh, so we'll see. But yeah, it's a bios now. Okay. And uh, Riddy is saying, uh, I don't want Jovic. And I'm glad that he's moved on to that because he's the next one. Tony, did you do your homework that was set for you? I do. Luka, if I can find my notes. Luka Jovic. Jovic, however you say it. I don't know much about this guy. What did you find out? What can you tell us about this guy that has been going around that we seem to be linked with striker? Tell us a little bit about this guy, because I don't know much, so I'll set you some homework. Give me just a second for my iPad power on. <laughs> Sorry. Is that my baby? That took out all, brought out all the toys. 
Let's see. You get all the stones for that one. So go on. Who we got? Let's see. Jokic, 23, left-footed. His peak market value was 54 million. Current market value, 18 million pounds. Started off at Red Star, various under 14, under 16s, under 18s from 2012 to 2016. Then the Benefica from 2016 to 2017. Then from Frankfurt from 2017 to 2019. Then the Real Madrid from 2019 to 2021. With a bunch of loans back and forth between Frankfurt. I'm not going to list them all because they're too fucking many. So um, how much did it cost us? Is... What's the ballpark? Uh, his current value right now is eighteen million. They would entertain offers and of Madrid paid fifty-six million. point seven million for him. He has two hundred and one appearances, fifty-nine goals, and nineteen assists. So let me ask you then, Tony, on uh, on on the research that you did, would you do it? Would you pull the trigger on that? Would it be an upgrade of what we already have? Uh, the age is good, but I don't think he's a. He would. It'd be an upgrade on Encadia and Balgan. Yeah, I, I probably actually would. I, you changed my mind, Stan. I did. Okay. Cool. Did have to do anybody, much, else, anybody else want to come in on this guy? Yeah. Anybody can I do? Can I just have a yeah, quick word? No. Of course. I would. I wouldn't. I can't remember where I heard this, but I totally agreed. I think it might have been. Yeah, well, it was one of the other podcasts, but it's another project to try and restore someone's career. He's hardly played football in two years. Why would we want a, a project? If you're going to buy someone like him, you know, if he'd have been playing week in, week out and scoring goals, then great. But he hasn't. He hasn't. He's been sitting on a bench for, for the last couple of years, if, if that. He's if been he's fine, been fine with playing between Germany and Spain. Yeah, it's just... just it's just let a resurrection ask, project let again. You, Andrew, let me ask you, Andrew, is it a case of, and I'm just playing devil's advocate, is it a case of that this is someone that's finding it hard to get into the into the, mid, the Madrid team, which is obviously difficult for anyone? He's got the talent, and maybe going somewhere else would uh, revitalise his career, or do you just think you're not buying any of that? You think we could be doing better? We could be doing better. He's, he's, he didn't do well when he went back to, to Germany last season on loan. He didn't pull up any trees. He wasn't making any headlines. Uh, you know, they, they'd entertain offers of twenty-five million for him, which it's a gamble, and it might work out. But I don't want to take any more gambles. We need someone who's going to come in and hit the ground running, especially as a striker. That's the most important part of the pitch that we need to strengthen, especially next summer. So we need someone who's going to be less of a gamble. You know, I'd I'd much rather spend the money and go for someone. Well, my. I'd love to go and get Ivan Tony from Brentford. I love the guy, and I think he'd be absolutely tailor-made for Arsenal. Good Why? in the air, strong, Why? quick. I'm just telling you now, Why if you listen. Why would he be tailor-made for us? I'm just telling you now, if you listen. Sorry. He's good. <laughs> He's quick, strong He's in the air. The, the, it's the, too late at night. He has a lot He's really powerful, quick, strong in the air, but also skillful. Uh, he scores goals with his left, his right. Uh, he's got everything we need. And he's, he's, he scores goals. He scores goals in the Premier League. He scores goals everywhere he's been. And he's he wouldn't take any 
kind of settling in period. And to top it all off, he's an Arsenal fan. And do you know what? Do, do you know what? This is not. This is actually like soft, soft things, right? But it's important. The players that we've brought in want to really desperately want to make it at Arsenal. It's the pinnacle of their career. So, for like Ramsdale is a great example. He's come. He's never played at a club the size of Arsenal. He's got to Arsenal. He's desperate to stay at Arsenal and prove himself. All the players that we've brought in that have gone on to become successful have made that step up to go to Arsenal, with the exception of Erdegaard, but does it really count? Because he wasn't he never really played for, for Real Madrid. However, he come to Real Madrid, uh, come to Arsenal from Real Madrid. But that's the, the only exception. But when you go and sign someone like Ivan Tony, who's played for Peterborough, which you all know, Danny, he went to play for Northampton. Uh, he's made his step up to Brentford. And then can you imagine how much he'd, he'd be desperate to make a step up again? to join Arsenal, would be the pinnacle of his career. So we're, we're buying players that are on the way up who will be desperate to play for us. We're not pl- buying players like Willian or like other players who see it as a step down to come to Arsenal and uh, uh, somewhere where they can continue their decent CV and earn top top dollar. We'll be buying players that are hungry to succeed. And that's what attracts me to people like him rather than someone that's coming de- making a step down according to their career according to them, by moving from Real Madrid again to come to Arsenal to resurrect their career. I'm not into it. I'm not into it. Okay. We're going to be we're going to be winding down in a little bit because I'm very conscious that I've got three of you here from the UK and it's quite late there. Danny, there's been a story about Raheem Sterling that there's an interest of 80, that his value is 80 million euros. And it also, the story that I saw also, Liverpool was also interested in bringing him back. Would there be a place for Raheem Sterling in our Arsenal squad? What do you think? We don't want any stars. We don't want any prima donnas in our squad. We've had that before. We want young men, young Englishmen that are all eager to play for the Arsenal, which is another reason why we don't want Jovetic. One one good season, which most of those goals were scored in their European, their Europa, Europa League? I keep forgetting what yeah, they're called, Europa, Europa League, League. run. And Real Madrid just will want to offload him to anybody. But I want to keep it English. I like Ivan Tony. I like um, Calvert Lewin, of um, whose name I've just messed up. Calvert uh, Evan, another young player I like. There's there's plenty of other options. Plus, it's the Project Youth is going to be um, um, British players, and I like to keep it that way because you, you want players that. Are, that are, imagine if we signed Ivan Tony, he's going to go. Fuck me, I'm an Arsenal fan. I'm going to go and play Smith Rowe and Saka. Uh, wow, that's, I'm excited by that. I want to go there and he'll fit straight in. He's already played Premier League football. Brentford, oh, they, they've shit the bed already. They've had, a, they've had a good start to the season. Now they're what? They're bottom half of the table already. Yeah, so um, yeah, just keep it, keep it English or British, whichever way. But no, okay. uh, I know Sterling's English, but he is a well, plus. It'd be a step down for him again, though. It'd be a yeah. step. He is a step down, wouldn't he, Danny? Yeah, he's got um, a move to somewhere a bit, bit like Real Madrid or Milan or somewhere like that written all over him. Because uh, well, personally, I think he'll stay at City. You're not, you're not going to get anywhere better, are you? No. So uh, the next one uh, I'm going to throw out to Terry. And feel free to talk about Jovic or Sterling. Is Donny van der Beek? The story is now that um, he's changed his agent, and his agent has put it out there that you know he's looking to secure his client away from Man United as soon as he can. And you probably remember Terry that I was always big on Donny van der Beek, and he was someone that I wanted to bring in some time ago. 
do you think if we went in there this summer that there'd be any room for him in the in the role that he plays? Could we make a room for Donny van der Beek? And feel free to talk about Sterling and, and uh, Jovetic as well. Um, yeah, you're, you were a big advocate for uh, Donny van der Beek um, during the uh, pre-season and obviously he went to Man U and there's a lot of Arsenal fans uh, in uproar thinking, you know, nah, Man United have got a really star player and unfortunately I don't think he's had five minutes in, in the first team um, this season, um, I'm not I'm not that big on him to be honest. I think there's bigger and better players out there. Um, for me personally, if I was going to go for anyone in the summer, um, obviously we're seeing party at the moment who's come on really strong. But if he gets injured, um, we're really short in that area of someone to come in and you know take his place. Um, I, I, I mean, I said it last season. You, you probably heard me. Um, then that is, uh, I'd go for Declan Rice. I think Declan Rice is um, a brilliant player from West Ham. Um, he's a defensive, obviously defensive midfielder. Um, but I just think he sits, he sits in that spot just in front of the back four brilliantly. He breaks up play. Um, obviously, um, he, he's a great player, English too, um, young. I think I think he'd fit straight into our squad, no problem, uh, alongside part A2. And obviously, you've got Lukonga in that position at the moment that's learning his, his trade and all that's come in really good. So for me personally, that's who I would go for instead of Donny van der Beek. And the other two you mentioned, Sterling. Yeah, I take Sterling. Obviously, um, he's, he's a proven goal scorer. Um, he's got a lot of pace. I think um, Saka and Smith-Rowe um, in their positions play even better. Sterling would come and want to start in the first team because he ain't getting in Man City's team at the moment. He wouldn't want to be sitting on the bench. So I think that would push him to be um, playing even better for Arsenal. Um, obviously, we know that there's a good um, combination between him and Arteta. Um, he praised Arteta when he was at Man City, Sterling. Um, he was very vocal on Twitter about it, um, saying how much he came forward. Um, starting in the back in the background, doing it. So, you know, there's definitely a partnership there. So, I, I think Sterling would be goodbye. And who was it, Djokovic? You said Djokovic, yeah. or and I, I, for me, I, I I agree with the panel. He's, he's not for me. Okay. Gary, do you want to add anything to any of those names that we've thrown out there? Van der Beek, Sterling, you have a tick. Anything you want to add on this, sir? Yeah, Van der Beek, if the price is right, I believe the price is going to be really steep. Sterling definitely would be off the table because of the price. No way. Um, Javik, uh, I know I've heard that, uh, you know, if we could get a, a, a loan with an option to buy, that might be pre pre preferred. And that would mean most likely that... You basically like, want to test gone. him out first. You want to feel him out a little bit first. Yeah, yeah I, I can't see us. But, I mean, those are not like... Like Andrew said, Jovic isn't a um, a commodity right now. He hasn't, in the last couple of years, he hasn't shown that he can continue to score like he did prior to uh, his move to uh, Real Madrid, I believe. So, yeah, we need... I, I mean, <laughs> we really do need... And this is where, you know, this last window... You know, Tony and and er, and Audward had have numbers that you know the stats show that they actually are performing and they're um they're finishing and all of that and that's what we need. But we're not, you know, 
otherwise, <laughs> if it's attacking, I think it's going to be really tough for us to get the, the player that we want. Uh, solidifying that middle might be nice. Um, you know, could they get a Leno out and somebody in? I'm not sure if they want to do that in a in a in a uh, January window. Otherwise, it could be really quiet. You know, it could be really quiet time. I think there was I think there was word of maybe Aziz coming back. I don't know. He's not getting much playing time, so that loan is not going so well. But yeah, no, I think I those names don't. Uh, I'm not too. I'm, a, I'm not impressed with those names right now, unless Your unless there's no rest for any of those, Gary. Basically, no? yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're not gonna spend. We should. We're not gonna. We can't afford to spend some of that money. I mean, Sterling just. What, I mean, did you say what did you say? 80, 80, 80 million euros. euros I saw. Yeah, eighty million euros. Nah, I mean, that's that's uh no. That's right. <laughs> So for the last five minutes then before we go, so we're not going to do the weekly upset this week because three of our panel aren't involved in, involved in that and their time is too precious. So those of us that do the weekly upset, put your predictions down and send those into Ray uh, before the weekend so that you can get your points. And um, I just want to go around now um, very quickly because we do have a game coming up and I just want to get um, maybe a prediction and a couple of thoughts on the game that's coming up uh, against Watford, Tony? Yeah, it should be a 3-0 or 3-1 victory. It should be pretty easy, hands down. I would take a chance and rest Saka since he's going to be on international duty. I'd take a chance and rest a couple other players. I think we can afford to do so. Okay. What about, what about yourself, Terry, looking ahead to Watford? Any any thoughts on what you think is going to happen? Can you come back to me on the next one, please, mate? Yeah, no worries. Uh, what about yourself, uh, Gary Watford? Yeah, I'm expecting a win. I mean, I, I don't I don't necessarily agree with uh, Tony that we should rest some players. I don't I don't like the idea of resting players before they go on <laughs> international duty because yeah, we don't need to know, rest anyone, do we? No, I mean, I, I, I kind of feel like we need we should they should be playing for us, and then if they go out there and they need rest, then you know let some of that let Southgate handle that part. Um, especially, like I said, this is a win that we we have four matches coming up, two of which are probably our best chances to win and the other two are going to be a challenge right so i think we need to get the three points that's that's what we need to do however we do it we need to get that done um so i i think it's there's i think i said a three nil or actually it's two nil probably uh, two nil yeah danny oh you muted you mute oh, Dan. and, and how was danny muted i never muted him no, I did. Oh, <laughs> um, Watford aren't going to be much of a problem. Um, I was just looking at their stats. Um, my favourite stat about Watford, I heard someone say on, on the radio that their last five Premier League away wins was with five different managers. Now, that is some achievement <laughs> to be able to do that. Yeah, because I, I think maybe heard it on um, on Radio 5 or something like that. I don't know. But, <laughs> but they're rubbish. Um, they've had a fluky win against Everton. They're leaking goals everywhere. They've only got two decent players. They've got them. Um, the, the bloke up front who's got uh, a few goals this season, whose name is um, Ismail Saar. He's a decent player. I think he's got he's got four. Other than that, there's no one really that is going to worry us. I think it should be easy we, uh, as we're at home and they're going to pull their pants and because uh, uh, we're, we're better than them. And I, I would be 
wouldn't be surprised if we managed to get three or four past them because I get the feeling over the last three or four games, we've been building to more and more shots, more and more attacking, and someone's going to get a wallop in, like in the Wenger days when we beat Everton or Middlesbrough 7-0. Yeah, I feel one of those coming up because Watford are terrible. Clean sheet? Oh, yeah. Two of them. <laughs> they're not even going to get in our half. What about yourself, uh, Andrew? Watford? Yeah, I echo the same. What everyone said, I think we've got a fantastic record against them. Um, I think the, I would 100% have a, an unchanged starting lineup. Um, I'll keep Tavares at the uh, left back to go up against Saar because he's a very quick player, uh, quick nippy winger. And I think he's got the pace to, you know, counteract that. Um, but I think, to be fair, you know, he'll be very lucky to get into our half. I think we'll spend pretty much the 90 minutes in their half. Um, yeah, they've got Claudio Ranieri now, who's the wily old fox, and um, you know he's he's been known to pull up some funny results every now and then for his teams. But I can't see anything less than about a three 0 win for us. I'm really confident with this one to go into the international break. With, to be perfectly honest. So yeah, same team, same lineup, and uh, a good comprehensive win. Do you know what actually? I, I'd like us to win both halves, please, as well. Yeah, that would that would be Someone recently said um, we haven't won both halves yet in any game this season. Okay. So That's yeah, I want us to win both halves. Good, very good point. Uh, Terry, are you back? Yes, I'm back, mate. Thoughts for, and predictions for Watford, please. Yeah, I just obviously listen to the guys. I mean, look. I think the thing that we, we seem to fall in the trap of, and that is, is that obviously that there's some teams in the Premiership that, you know, that should be there for the taking and, and we should be quite easily. But I think the thing that a lot of Arsenal fans forget in general is that this is the best league in the world and anyone can beat anyone in this league. And, the, you know, you can't predict one result from one week to the next. You, you, you see that last week with, Right and drawing with Liverpool after being 2-0 down and and Man City losing 2-0 to Crystal Palace. I mean, you know, we got that last-minute equaliser against Palace and there's a lot of Arteta fans moaning about Arsenal fans saying, how can you celebrate that? That's pathetic, blah, blah, blah. But then when they go and beat uh, Man City in their own backyard, you know, oh, what a brilliant side they are. Do you know what I mean? So it's... We, you know, we've got to take it into consideration sometimes and look at the old picture. But saying that, I think playing at home, um, obviously the team at the moment are on the back. Nine games unbeaten. Um, everyone seems like they're going to be fit. He's going to be back. It's going to be good to see who he picks at left back. I think he should stay with Cesares at the moment. Um, I'm going to go for a a three 0 win for Arsenal. But can I just mention? Stan, because obviously you know this and all, obviously that we, you know, being on our channel talking about it all the time Diesel and everybody else that was Arteta out and all that used to keep coming on and say Kenny Ken, you know, all, all of them just wait until the crowd's back, just wait till the crowd's back after Covid and they will you know, the crowd will show you how much they hate this uh, Arteta and all the booze will be out and all that after them first three games that we lost, you know, we, I think it was Norwich we, we played at home. 
atmosphere since then has been absolutely phenomenal from the fans. They were like, you know, Terry, I know that you, I know that you were a season ticket holder. Have you been going this season quite regularly? I've only missed one game because of work at the moment, but okay. even that which game I win, and that was coming back off the, um, like I said, the, the three bad um, defeats first off uh, in the season. But the atmosphere in that game, even though we won one nil, was absolutely phenomenal. The se- I don't know how people can say the Emirates is a library because they've been the fans have been singing from non-stop from before the game, during the game, and after the game. And especially, honestly, the Tottenham game, that's the best atmosphere at the Emirates. I can't tell you when. I can't tell you when. It was absolutely phenomenal. Phenomenal. And I've been there 100% back in the club, back in the players, and back in our town. Fantastic. So look, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this to an end now. The uh, landing gear is down. The wheels are now touching the runway, and we will be pulling up to our departure gate. So I just want to go around. First of all, as Ray, as Arsenal fan circle has said, thanks so much to our three guests that have stayed up with us and come all the way from the UK. It's about twenty to three in the morning. Uh, thank you so much for helping me out on my first uh, go hosting the podcast and supporting me. And thank you to everybody in the chat box that's turned up tonight and kept the vibe going. So before we go, Andrew, plug your channel. Tell us where we can find you. I'll just, I'll just wait for him to move the boxes in the background. Oh, there we go. Um, <laughs> yeah, thanks so much for having me on, mate. It's... Um, from Dial Square to Where is the YouTube channel. Please go and give us a, a subscribe. Um, got some great stuff on there over the last few weeks. And you can get me on Twitter, which is at From Dial Square. Um, so, yeah, thank you ever so much. And just really, really, really enjoyed it. Really put, enjoyed thank you so much. Really for, um, thank you so much for staying up with us. And I'm sure everybody knows where to find Danny, but tell us. You're muted again. He's watching porn in the background. No, I'm not. I was. Uh, I didn't want to. I dropped a lid earlier, and it made a noise, and so I put myself on mute. Um, I said, you can't find me anywhere. I've joined the A-team. I'm on the run, so you haven't seen me, all right? <laughs> Fair enough. Tony, plug your show with sound that's coming up. Hold on. I've muted Tony. Force of habit. Sorry, Tony. Hold on. <clears throat> Me and Sam are going to do a monthly show, pretty much no holds barred, as commenting about whatever is going on. When's it starting? Tony. Hold on a sec. All right. Terry, where can we find you? Obviously, I'm on um, Claude and the Bouncers YouTube channel. Um, please come over and um, give us a watch and join us and subscribe. And obviously, on Twitter, I'm uh, I'm Aguna, um, and you find me. That's where you find me on Twitter. Can I just say, Sam, thank you very much for inviting me on, mate. I really appreciate it. And to all thank the guys you. on the panel, um, really appreciate you having me on. And uh, nice meeting you. Likewise, pleasure, Terry. Always a pleasure to have a chat with you, mate. Gary. 
Where can we find Joe? Well, fucking hell. Where, I should be asking Gary, where can't we find him? Because he's everywhere. <laughs> yeah, so show. as you know... <laughs> on, the show on, the, on the Red Cannon. Yeah, so besides being here on uh, Thursdays and Sundays, I'm also on Mondays on the Red Cannon at Scott's channel. I have my own show there where I host. I'm actually, actually hosting tomorrow on the Cannon Plata Plata. So you can catch me there tomorrow. Uh, hosting, I'm kind of helping out Alex. He's going to have to be away, so that's uh, I'll be doing that. So otherwise, you see me in the chats and all around. It was a pleasure working uh, working with you, Andrew, Danny, and uh, and Terry. Uh, I've seen a Likewise. first time on with Terry, so I'm enjoying that. But uh, yeah, everybody in the chats, thank you for joining us. Uh, come back again next time. So yeah. <laughs> well, that's it from us tonight over at Arsenal Fan Circle. There'll be another show from this channel on Sunday, um, the Sunday show. I'm not sure if Ray will be back or somebody else is going to be uh, sitting in the chair. Big thank you to the panel tonight and the same shout out. Big up yourselves out there in the chat box. We'll see you again soon. Stay safe, stay safe, everyone. And up the Gunners. Come on, you Gunners. Thank you for listening to From Dial Square to Air. Please help us grow by giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and following the show on your preferred podcast platform. Please also visit our Facebook page, our Twitch channel and of course our YouTube channel. And whilst you are there, please subscribe and hit the notification button so you don't miss any upcoming shows. Please also press the like button on the video so we can get recommended by YouTube to other Arsenal fans all around the world. See you soon. Mm -hmm.